Hello and welcome to Random Jack March to the Gravity Knife Part 10. Uh, friends, we're in the studio. We're at our 10th debate episode. <sighs> With like eight billion more coming, so like, oh my goodness. we'll see if we make it. I like honestly, I'm after after Iowa on Tuesday. I am a little <laughs> worn out, and I was kind of just hoping. I was like, what if I just forget about this one and oh. don't record? But we're here, um, guys. Uh, despite what everyone else says, Bernie won Iowa. Uh, Bernie's on the rise. Biden's going down in flames. Um, people are pretending Buttigieg is having a moment. He's not really just because it was a caucus. But I think that's great because it's going to cause more fracturing yeah. and uh, it's just going to lead to Bernie cleaning up. So this thing's getting ready to go. We're on ABC on YouTube at the moment. Chris Christie is talking. They're having him do some uh, commentary, which let's check it on. Yeah, what flag does he have? He has a U.S. flag and what's, what's that pin that's next to it? Mm-hmm. I, would, I would say what is the values that you want to see as the Democratic Party of the 21st century? Rahm Emanuel and Chris Christie should not have opinions about the Democratic Party. No. What is it that you're going to tell the American people in that speech? Say it tonight. All right, and finally, Nate Silver. Okay. I'm curious about Elizabeth. Nate Silver's on TV looking like a chump. That far behind Bernie Sanders and the front runner. She's in third place in a race with a lot of, frankly, fairly. God, what a terrible looking human. This should be a good state for her, so not a lot of excuses to finish like third or fourth here, but New Hampshire is famous for comebacks. I'm numbers guy that's often wrong about numbers. So much to watch. It's going to be such a pivotal night, an incredible night for politics, for Democrats, and for all viewers at home. Thanks so much for watching ABC News Live. Stay right here. So, friends, uh, we're we're excited to see what happens tonight. Um, This could be the end of Joe Biden. Yeah, is he going to crash and burn tonight? Uh, The question is why Klobuchar here? Like, what's she still doing in the mix? I don't know. I guess her boyfriends are still, like, giving her money. Her ex-boyfriends are still giving her money to keep running. Really? Yeah, she's got to... Yeah. I don't know, because... Yeah, there's nothing coming... Because if she didn't do well in Iowa, I don't think there's any way that she could do... Any better anywhere else? Well, because like it's just to get like name recognition and to become more recognizable, right? Right now. But I mean, yes. who's going to put her in the administration? Maybe Biden. Well, I mean, how tall do you have to be to be in his administration? I mean, mm. great question. He's always talking about <laughs> the, yeah, the hype thing. Weird. So weird. Now, is she going to be shaking tonight? Is Klobuchar going to be yes, shaking? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Oh, Yang's back in it tonight. I forgot about that. Yeah. That'll be fun. With the math pen. Oh, clearly, oh right. obviously. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll be here looking at the camera. <laughs> oh, jeez. Just creeping on you. We're in that weird tie. Oh, okay. So do you think Warren and and Sanders are going to go at it again? Do you think Warren's going to try some stupid shit again? Or? No, I think people are going after Buttigieg tonight. Yeah. Because it's the last chance to become the anti-Bernie candidate. But we'll see. For tonight's Democratic debate. And what a week it has been in American politics. We heard from the President at the State of the Union. The Senate, with their vote to acquit President Trump, and the Democratic voters of Iowa, who after days of confusion, seem to have delivered a split decision to Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. No, they didn't. <laughs> Four days from now, the voters here in New Hampshire will weigh in, and the chair of New Hampshire's Democratic Party said today that this is probably the most consequential New Hampshire primary debate ever. We're going to do our best to make it a full and fair test, and I'll be joined in the question tonight by my colleagues, World News Tonight anchor David Muir, 
ABC News Live anchor Lindsey Davis. George, as you know, seven candidates have qualified for tonight's presidential primary debate, meeting the criteria established by the Democratic National Committee. All are seeking the Democratic Party's nomination for President of the United States. Tonight, for the first time, you can experience the debate with live real-time updates on Apple News, watching on your iPhone, too. And there you'll also find the candidates who really stand like on the, the issues. And guy we from, want to hear from uh, you tonight. Miami if Connection, you that's all. Yeah. Or follow-up, send your suggestions on the Apple News guy. feed, and our team will be pouring through it all. We are excited to be here on the beautiful campus of St. Anselm College, home of the Hawks, and home also of our four debates, the last four presidential elections. And here in the Sullivan Arena, we are joined by a live audience of 1,400 people, most invited by the Democratic National Committee, and of course, some of the brightest minds of the student body here. A little later, we'll be joined by news anchor Monica First Hernandez and political director Adam Sexton from <laughs> partner WMUR with questions that are especially important to the voters here in New Hampshire. The podium placement is based on an average of the candidates' current standings in recent state and national polls with the leading candidates in the center. So let's welcome the candidates for the Democratic nomination for president, starting with businessman Tom Steyer. Whoa! He's just got this jolly little, like, walk. He's gonna be in the center, right? That'd be great. Clubs. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. Snake, 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 snake. It's the air going out of her campaign as well. Yeah, really. Former Vice President Joe Biden. Well, TV gets lost. No. No. Look like you did. Now look here, Chip Chap. Senator Bernie Sanders. Bernie, hero, victorious, champion. That's bullshit to have. President Buttigieg come out last. Fuck that. Yeah. Oh, oh, I guess we got Yang coming up too. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I already forgot. And businessman Andrew Yang. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, did he have like a broken neck? What's the deal? I mean, a he has no neck, but b yeah. it, it, it doesn't seem to like move. It's yeah. like. He's a turtle man. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that he's like popping his collar. See, that's what it is. He doesn't have his like. Um, it's not buttoned. Yeah. Oh, but it's always doing this fucking bullshit. Oh. The rules of this debate are very basic. Oh, okay. I thought we were doing this like. Candidates will in fact have one minute, fifteen seconds to answer a direct question, and forty-five seconds for a rebuttal or a response, as directed by one of the moderators. Candidates will each see green and yellow lights indicating how much time they have remaining. And when time is up, the light will turn red. So here now, a lot of cultures. Democratic debate. Candidates, welcome. Vice President Biden, the first question is for you. Uh, In the last few days, you've been saying that Democrats will be taking too big a risk if they nominate Senator Sanders or Mayor Buttigieg. But they came out on top in Iowa. What risk did the Iowa Democrats miss? 
Cool. They didn't miss anything. I uh, this <laughs> one race. I took a hit in Iowa, and I'll probably take a hit here. Traditionally, Bernie won by 20 points last time, and uh, usually it's the neighboring senators who do well. But uh, I'm, I'm, no matter what, I'm still in this for the same reason. Cool. Uh, we have to restore the soul of this country, bring back the middle <laughs> class. And make done. Sure bring he's he's, he's done. already given up. It's a simple proposition. It's over. It doesn't matter whether it's this Goodbye, Joe. I've yeah. always viewed the first four encounters, two primaries and two caucuses, as the starting point. And, uh, he looks so exhausted. That's how I but, do it. But why are yeah. Senator Sanders and Mayor Buttigieg too big a risk for Democrats? Well, you know, uh, you know that uh, with regard to Senator Sanders, the uh, president wants very much to stick a label on every candidate. We're going to not only have to win this time, we have to bring along the United States Senate. And uh, Bernie's labeled himself, not me, a Democratic Socialist. I think that's the label that the president's going to lay on everyone running with Bernie if he's a nominee. And uh, Mayor Buttigieg uh, is a great guy and a real patriot. He's a, he's a mayor of a small city. Who, also a little homo. Uh, so uh, some good things. But I don't care for him much. Demonstrated he is a <laughs> I mean, I don't have any problems with him. But <laughs> To get a oh, Bob. <laughs> they just did a split screen with two peats. Oh, no, that's not good. Senator Sanders, let me give you the chance to respond first. President Trump certainly thinks this label socialism will work. At the State of the Union, he said socialism destroys nations. He's never going to let socialism destroy American health care. And before Ugh. the Super Bowl, he joked with Sean Hannity about your honeymoon in Moscow. Those hits are going to keep coming if you're the nominee. Why so? shouldn't Democrats be worried? They've probably everyone a socialist. Of course, Donald Trump lies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, best answer. It's a sad state of affairs, it really is. Uh, people say terrible things about Joey, ugly, disgusting things about Elizabeth, about Amy, about anybody else who is up here. But I think, uh, George, that at the end of the day, the way we yeah, defeat Donald bad. Trump, and everybody up here, by the way, is united. No matter who wins this damn thing, we're all going to stand together to defeat him. that the way we beat Trump is by having the largest voter turnout in the history of this country. And that is appealing to working class people who have given up on the political process because they don't believe that anybody is, is hearing their pain, perceiving their pain, feeling their pain. And we got to bring young people into the political process. I'm very proud that in Iowa, we won the popular vote by 6,000 votes. What was most significant, most significant is we increased voter turnout for young people under 29 by over 30%. We do that nationally. We're going to defeat hey, Senator, Donald Trump. Let me, let me follow up there and then we'll move on. But, uh, you know, back in Iowa, the turnout this year was about right. the same as it was in right. 2016, far below what it was in 2008 when President Obama won. That's true. And that's a disappointment. And I think all of us probably could have done a better job in bringing out our supporters. But if there is a good spot, a, a, a good aspect about that campaign is that young people came out in higher numbers than they did during Obama's historic 2008 campaign. And if that happens nationally, we're going to win and defeat Trump. Before I move on to Mayor Buttigieg, let me just ask, is anyone else on the stage concerned about having a Democratic Socialist at the top of the Democratic ticket? I'm not. <laughs> Senator Klobuchar? <laughs> 
Bernie and I work together all the time, uh, but I think uh, we are not going to be able to outdivide the divider in chief. Um, and I think we need someone no. to head up this ticket that actually brings Is she the new Kamala with the like them out. Oh, when it's a state like New Hampshire, uh, oh, I can believe that. Very, very close her. election last right. time in 2016. I'm taking two away from Joe. That yes has a high voter turnout. Uh, fired up Democrats just like my state, which by the way, Bernie, when I led the ticket, had the highest voter turnout of any state in the country. But I add to that being able to bring in independents like you have in this state. You're not bringing in independents. Yeah. Because there are so many of them out there that are looking for a candidate. And truthfully, Donald Trump's worst nightmare is a candidate that will bring people in from the middle. The people that are tired of the noise and the nonsense. The people in the middle don't exist. Of the tweets and like, the mean stuff. And they are looking for someone else. And I would submit uh, that that is me. I would submit that all polling says no. Nah. I don't think there's any question, George, that after this week, there's a real threat that Donald Trump can get reelected. And I don't think there's any question but that the only way that we're going to beat him actually is the way that Bernie Sanders said, which is to get turnout across the spectrum of Democratic voters. And that means we're going to have to appeal across the spectrum, moderates, progressives, and every group. So unless you can appeal to the diverse parts of the Democratic Party, including specifically the black community, including specifically Latinos, well, if you can't do that, yeah. then we can't beat Donald Trump in November. So and we Bernie can't Sanders. choose a candidate who can't do that. Bernie Sanders, and I am doing that right now. No, you're with not. 24% of blacks down in South Carolina with hype numbers in Nevada. That's what it's going to take is turnout, but turnout across the spectrum like of that. Someone who can pull, as Amy said, everything together. I can pull all the blacks. What? Andrew Yang and no, Senator Warren, they never go to judge. First, let me say, America, it's great to be back on the debate stage. Cheesy <laughs> <laughs> <Easy>, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm so excited, I want to give every American $1,000. Oh, God! <laughs> George, the entire capitalism-socialism <sighs> dichotomy is completely out of date. And the fact is, when people what? were talking about these economic models, they did not foresee technology getting stronger, more nope. powerful, capable of doing the work of thousands of humans. What are you talking about? We have record high corporate profits in this country right now, but people in New Hampshire know what else are record highs? Mental illness, stress, debt, substance abuse, overdoses, suicides. What we have to do is actually get the markets working to improve our family's way of life. Instead markets. of following GDP and corporate profits off a cliff, we should be measuring our own health and well and wellness, life expectancy, mental health and freedom from substance abuse, clean air and clean water, how our kids are doing. The way forward is a new human-centered how our kids are doing and one the markets to improve <laughs> our family's lives. Senator Warren, you Weird. You reportedly said back in 2018, I'm a capitalist to my bones. Ugh. Senator Sanders says I'm not. Is that your biggest difference with Senator Sanders? Oh, Bernie and I have been friends for a long time. We have a lot of things in common. We have a lot of things that we differ on. But you know this fundamental question about how we bring our party together? We have to think about it in new ways. People across this country, whether they're Democrats, Independents, or Republicans, Just understand what they're doing right now that works great. It's just, 
but she was trying to sound so cheerful. Yep. Yeah. Do you think she's? Do you think she's trying to cozy back in to try to get back that VP slot? Absolutely. I mean, no fucking way. Just not for the rest of us who see. No, I don't think VP. I still think she should be Secretary of Treasury. Yeah. And I'm okay. It's good. Yeah. Armies of lobbyists and lawyers and make big campaign donations, and it's not working so great for everyone else. That is corruption, pure and that's capitalism. Need to call it out. No, that's capitalism. Corruption. Capitalism. That's what we can run on. We bring our party together. It's an issue we can all agree on and fight for to end the corruption. Capitalism and capitalism. We should be the party on the side of hardworking people and. We yeah, can like bring in socialist. independents and Republicans on that. They hate the corruption as well. My anti-corruption plan, good for Republicans and Democrats. That's not only how we bring good for corporations together, too. That's how we're going to win in November. Mayor Buttigieg, early in the campaign, you said that the word socialism has lost its power. It's mostly lost its meaning. Do you believe that, or worry it could be a potent weapon in a general election? I'm not interested in the labels. I'm not interested in what Republicans are going to say. I'm interested in the style of politics that we need to put forward to actually, finally, turn the page. In order to win, yes, but also in order to govern. His father was a Marxist professor. president is going to face challenges. Like, dude is rolling in his grave. hadn't even thought of a few years or decades ago. And politically, we're facing a fundamentally new problem. That's not my question. Hey, Pete. So the biggest risk we could take... Have you ever read anything your father wrote? ...would be to go up against a fundamentally new challenge by trying to fall back on the familiar. Or trying to unite this country at a moment when uh, we need that kind of unification when our nominee is dividing people with a politics that says if you don't go all the way to the edge it doesn't count what the fuck are you talking about my way or the highway are you talking about senator sanders yes because we've got to bring as many people as we can into this process look what the fuck are you talking about? Have been to the end of having the good health care? It's going to take in order to win. But the process of actually proving it is now underway. And now it comes to New Hampshire, a state that thinks for itself, is not going to be told what to do Ugh. by anyone, and that has a very independent streak that Rats is going to respond to those who are Hampshire. reaching out in a politics of addition and inclusion. We just had a pander box, though. We'd be all oh, oh, nice. says they shouldn't even be on our side if we don't agree 100% of the time. Senator Sanders, what are you talking about? Needless to say, I've never said that. But let me tell you what <laughs> nice. I do say. The way you bring people together is by presenting an agenda that works for the working people of this country, not for the billionaire class. The way you bring people together, Republicans, independents, Democrats, progressives, conservatives, you raise the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. The way you bring people together is to make it clear that we're not going to give tax breaks to billionaires and large corporations, they're going to start paying their fair share of taxes. That's what the American people want. And I'll tell nice. you something else. <laughs> the way you bring people together is by ending the international disgrace of this country being the only major nation on earth not to guarantee health care to all people as a human right. And you bring people together 
by telling the pharmaceutical industry they're not going to charge us 10 times more for the same prescription drugs as the people in Canada that borders on the Hampshire. That's how you bring people together and you defeat Donald Trump. Mayor Buttigieg, you just heard Senator Sanders make health care the center of his piece. Do you think his health care plan can bring people together? I think there's a better way. You know, it's what the fuck the is American it? American people are ready. There's a historic majority right now. Even broader than what was available to President oh, Obama a decade ago, there is now a majority ready to act to make sure there is no such thing as an uninsured American and no such thing as an unaffordable prescription. Just so long as we don't command people to accept a public plan if they don't. What are you talking about? Command people. Medicare for all who want it. My point Damn, is, I'm going to force free health care on you. Is no. campaigning for no. all these things. But that. You'll never pay another medical bill. You got to be kidding. Too bad. Deal with it. Oh, in this country, making corporations and the wealthy pay their fair share, delivering health care and college affordability. How the fuck does he? Why no one ever asked him? How the fuck his bullshit health care plan works? Galvanize and energize, not. Part of it came out this week. There's going to be a seven thousand dollar penalty if uh, you don't uh, um, have health care. First of all, that makes the, sense. The, they tried that under Obamacare. They repealed it, and it wasn't seven thousand dollars. You have to bring people together, and uh, we have to have Medicare for all. But Bernie says, and he says he wrote the damn thing, but he's unwilling to sell what the damn thing's going to cost. The it's very clear what it costs. Yeah. Very level-headed group of people. Look at the numbers. How much is it going to cost? Less. Who's going to pay for it? It will cost more than the entire, the entire federal budget we spend now. More than the entire budget. The idea middle-class taxes aren't going to go up is, no. all, is just crazy. When they did it in Vermont, what happened? They doubled the state income tax and then had a 14% tax on withholding. And they finally did away with it. So how much is it going to cost? When Bernie asked Bernie that, I'll ask state, him again though. tonight sometime. If you ask Bernie that, he says, go figure. I don't know. We'll find out. I think that was on CBS. He said, we'll find out or something to that effect. Now, imagine you're going to unite the country, walking into the Congress, and I got this bill. It's going to require Medicare for everybody. I can't tell you how much it's going to cost. We know how much it's cost. Later. It's, it's cheaper than the current system. Whatever, the, everything we spend in the federal government, who you think is going to get that passed? I busted my neck getting Obamacare passed, getting every Democrat. Bullshit! Fucking lie. Well, for a start, well, for a start, what the studies show, if we do what Joe wants, We'll be spending some $50 trillion on health care over the next 10 years. That's the status quo, Joe. That's what Health and Human Services says. And what we have got to do, Joe, and what we have Who cares who the fuck pays for it? Question, Joe. We are spending twice as much per capita on health care as do the people of any other country. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that the health care industry last year made $100 billion in profit. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that we are wasting $500 billion a year trying to administer thousands and thousands of different plants. What Medicare for All will do is save the average American substantial sums of money. Substantial, be much less expensive than your plan. And we will expand Medicare to include dental care, eyeglasses, 
hearing aids, and home health care as well. Vice President Biden, 30-second response, then Senator Klobuchar after that. 30-second yeah, response. 30-second response. My proposal gives you a choice. You're going to be covered. Your choice is spend more money. You, want it. you turn out, we're going to restore all the cuts that they made in Obamacare. We're going to reduce drug prices, reduce prescription prices. How, reduce how much does that cost, Bill? Et cetera. And it costs a lot of money. It costs $750 billion over 10 years. I tell you, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to raise the capital gains rate so you pay capital gains at what your tax rate is. That'll pay for it. That's $800 billion. But here's the deal. The fact is that it's going to cost, Bernie's plan costs double, double what the taxpayers are paying for every single program we spend on in the United States Bullshit. of America. This Senator Klobuchar. I keep listening to this same debate, and it is not real. It is not real, Bernie, because two-thirds of the Democrats in the Senate are not on your bill, and because it would kick 149 million Americans off their And give them better health care. In four years. And let me say what else. Elizabeth God. wants to do it in two years. And Pete, while you have a different plan now, you sent out a tweet just a few years ago that said, henceforth, for with, indubitably, affirmatively, you are for Medicare for all for the ages. And so I would like yeah, to point out that what leadership minutes, so. is about is taking a position, looking at things, and, and saying with no. Them. I have long <laughs> believed that the way that we expand health care to more is by people, saying, bring down stop getting sick. By building on the <laughs> affordable care. I'm going to give vitamin C to everyone. That is the best way to do it. And practice an apple for all. An, <laughs> an apple a day for all. Everyone gets a crab apple. And I'll shove it down their throat if they don't like it. Mental health care, addiction, long-term care, those are the things that would make Senator it better. Senator Warren and Mayor Buttigieg, you were both oh, involved. I God. want to respond and then go back to Senator Such Sanders. bullshit. So I think we need to think about health care a little differently, and that is... 36 million Americans last year couldn't afford to have a prescription filled, and that includes people with health insurance. I want everyone in here to think about what that means. They were worried enough or sick enough that they went to a doctor, a doctor looked at it and said, that's serious enough to write a prescription. They walked out and then said, it's either that or groceries, it's that or pay the rent on time. We have got to change our health care system. The way up oh. helped the most people as quickly as we can. How about we start with what a president can do, I love saying this, all by herself. On day one, I will defend the Affordable Care Act, and I will use so margin orders to reduce the cost of commonly used prescription drugs, like insulin and HIV AIDS drugs and EpiPens. We can start making healthcare better for Americans from and then the we can stop. We have to agree yeah. to do that. We are the Democrats. We are on the side. Did any motherfuckers understand what, how negotiations when work? When we come no. up against Donald Trump, the team that has been trying to take away health care from millions of people what's going to matter most is we are the people on the side of those who need health care across this country that's who democrats are mayor Buttigieg, i want you to respond to that but also take on the argument at the beginning from the vice president that you don't have the right experience to be president sure well uh, first of all just to be clear the truth is that i have been consistent throughout in my position no delivering health care um, no, for never. every american never and as to experience i just bring a different perspective look i, I freely admit CIA perspective. that if you're looking for the person with the most years of washington establishment experience under their belt that you've got your candidate and of, of course it's not me the perspective God, I'm is that looking. of somebody whose life has been shaped 
by the decisions that are made in those big white buildings in Washington, D.C. Somebody who has guided a community written off as dying just a decade ago through a historic transformation. Somebody who knows what it means to be sent to war on orders that come... Motherfucker, you went in 2009. At a time when we all knew these the fucking wars were bullshit, you signed up to go murder people in Afghanistan for kicks, to put it on your fucking resume. CIA piece of shit. In the past, I think we're not all that bad. I wrote the Violence Against Women Act. I managed the $900 billion <clears throat> Recovery Act, which in fact put so millions and millions like of dollars in the city before and then joined the military. City. I was yeah. able to do it. I was able to pass the chemical weapons ban. He was just 25. He was like 25. Because he's, what, 36? Oh, is it? oh I thought he was like, he's 37. He's a year older, a year older okay. than me. So okay. I don't know what about the past of Barack Obama. But yeah, he's like 27. Yeah. Was so bad. What happened? What is it that he was a bunch of 18 year old kids? We just yeah. beginning. It was just the beginning in, of what will be like the future. In 2009. Beyond where it is now in significant ways. And there's ways to just do that. Just to put it on his resume. And one of the ways to do that is to make sure... The most cynical fucking bullshit of all bullshit. ...and lead the free world at the same time. Mayor Buttigieg responded, then Senator Sanders. I don't even care what you have to say right now. Those achievements were phenomenally important because they met the moment. But now we have to meet this moment. And this moment is different. The next president is going to face challenges from global health security, like what we're seeing coming out of China, to cyber security and election security challenges that were barely thought of a few years ago. And here at home, we're seeing things like gig work transform what it means to be a worker in America in ways that were barely conceived of not that long ago. We cannot solve the problems before us by looking back. We have to be ready to turn the page and change our politics before it's too late. And I'm seeing yeah, Mayor Pete pro Uber fellow Democrats, but a so. striking number of independents and what I like to call future former Republicans ready to join in that historic American majority to turn the page. Senator Klobuchar. I am I am I am listening to this about meeting the moment. And my first thought is um, I'm a fresh face up here for a presidential debate. And I figure, Pete, uh, that 59, my age, is the new 38 up here. The second thing I think about is this. Uh, and that is. Okay, there you go. Meeting the moment. Meeting God, the moment I'm taking points away from both of them. Weeks, Mayor, it's unbearable. The with these impeachment hearings. And there was a lot of courage that you saw from only a few people. There was courage from Doug Jones, our friend of Alabama, who took that tough vote. There was courage, oh, there was courage from Mitt Romney, yeah. who took a very, very difficult vote. Oh, there was courage as I, I read so brave. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman to say obviously Donald Trump committed crimes. But what you said, Pete, as you were campaigning through Iowa, as three of us were jurors in that impeachment hearing, you said it was exhausting to watch and that you wanted to t turn the channel and watch cartoons. It is easy to go after Washington. I mean, he is right, though. It's a popular like, thing to yeah. do. It is much harder, as I see Senator Shaheen in the front row, such a leader. It is much harder to lead. Shaking. She's shaking. To take those difficult yeah. positions. Because I think this going after every single thing that people do, because it's popular to say and makes you look like a cool newcomer. I just, I don't think that's what people want <laughs> a right now. Can. A it makes you look like a cold newcomer. I think having uh, some experience does it? is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, Mayor Pete's real cool. He rides a skateboard and wears his cat backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Watch his cartoons instead of impeachments. 
we got to ask ourselves a very simple question, whether it's health care, in fact, or anything else. Why are we the only major country on earth that doesn't guarantee health care to all people, pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs, have 87 million people uninsured or underinsured, 30,000 die because they don't get to a doctor on time, and 500,000 people going bankrupt for what reason? Because they have cancer or heart disease or Alzheimer's. We got to ask that question, why is it? Why have we been talking about health care in this country for a hundred years? And here is the answer. If you want real change in health care, at the end of the day, you're going to have to take on the insurance companies and tell them the function of health care is health care for all, not huge profits for the insurance companies. You're going to have to take on the drug companies and their corruption and their price fixing and tell them, sorry, we're not going to pay 10 times more for prescription drugs than do the people of other country. But at the end of the day, there's no way around it. You may want to nibble around the edges, but ultimately we need to rally the American people to tell the drug companies, to tell Wall Street, yes. to tell the insurance companies, so to tell the fossil fuel industry, this country belongs to all of us, not a handful of special Oh, this conversation Mama. on this debate stage from these people now every single debate and they're all right everybody on this day is just here to make friends yeah. that is not the question he's the opposite today. of a reality TV star how are we going to beat Donald Trump you were in the Clinton campaign in 1992 and the mantra was it's the economy stupid he wants to be friends with the moderators now He's saying those words. It's the economy, stupid. I trust every one of these people. I'm sorry, like a puppy. More, but we're gonna have to. I can't even take him seriously. I kind of love it. I want him to be in every debate. He's yeah. About it every he's telling that money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a billionaire. He's a monster, and of course, he's a guillotine. Yeah. He's also adorable. Little bobblehead puppy. All the healthcare plans are better. A million times better. The question is, who can go toe to toe with Mr. Trump? Who can take down Mr. Trump because he's the real threat to the country? Bernie Sanders. And let me say, you have to have experience to take him down. This oh, is Bernie not Sanders a question said. of he's a nice guy who's going to listen. We need people with experience. That's why I'm worried about Mayor Pete. You oh, Steyer. Oh. And take him down on the debate. Steyer getting and points. And that's actually the issue in front of Democratic voters. I have heard this debate so many darn times. Two points for that. Uh, yeah. Ballsy. Sniper Steyer is we can get the right thing. That's how you snipe, not like we Mayor Pete's like, win, yeah. And Amy. But we gotta win or we are in deep trouble and we keep Pete not tried to snipe at Bernie earlier. Nothing. Not that was sniping. Yeah. Yeah, take that, Mayor Pete. Are we going to a break? Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh here's I guess we're gonna not. win. We're gonna force this president to stand on that debate stage next to somebody who actually lives in a middle-class neighborhood in the industrial Midwest in the exact kind of community that he pretends to speak for but turns his back on. We're going to put up somebody Which who is you? not afraid to call out things like his disgraceful behavior oh. at the National Prayer Breakfast and remind Americans that um, God... President Trump, your behavior is distressful. I'd like to point out, I'm going to call you to account, President Trump, on this debate stage for your disgraceful behavior. What's that? What's that little piece? Yeah, exactly. What baby piece? From the playbook that we have relied on. 
unify this country around a new Does anybody listen to what he says? Vision. Does anybody listen to what he says? That's how we're going to win. And when I talk about exhaustion, this is important. Because i got to tell you, the American people from outside of Washington, we feel a sense of exhaustion. What are you talking about outside of Washington? You're a CIA spook. That is not to take anything away from the very good work that you and our other Democratic members of Congress and the Senate are doing. It's not. But the reason I raise that sense of exhaustion is I see it. I see that temptation to walk away from it all among so many people that I've spoken to in communities from, from Claremont to, to Manchester and in the other states that we're in. And the important thing for the American people to remember is, is this is 2020. It's an election year. And if the Senate was oh, the like jury <laughs> before, you are the jury now. The American people are the jury that will have the final verdict on this president uh, and on the senators in the GOP. I mean, a debate with him would be a disaster. Oh, my God. Like, I think... Donald I think Trump he might lose the worst. The cause of all of our problems. Uh, yeah. We're making a mistake when we act like he is. Because I think I think Warren would look. I mean, it would look bad. Yeah. If Trump really went after Warren, which he would. Yeah, of course. You would feel guilty. In decades, and it is our job to get to the harder work of actually curing the disease. Most. Americans feel like the political parties have been playing you lose, I lose, you lose, I lose for years. And you know who's been losing this entire time? We have. Our communities have. Our communities' way of life is disintegrating beneath our feet. That's why Iowa, a traditional swing state, went to Trump by almost 10 points. That's why Ohio, a traditional swing state, is now so red that I'm told we're not even going to campaign there. So these communities are seeing their way of life get blasted into smithereens. We've automatically (laughs) 4 million manufacturing jobs. I mean, the hand gestures. Uh, yeah. Is this your card? Yeah. The force behind that is I literally paying that. zero in taxes. These are the changes that Americans are seeing and feeling around us every day. And if we get to all the hard work... Oh, what's that behind your ear? It's $1,000. We'll actually Yeah, he's definitely... We come to you, of course, just 48 hours after the acquittal of President Trump, a process that certainly crystallized the divide in our country. Senator Warren, I want to start with you. You have said that on day one of your presidency, one of your first orders of business will be to order your Justice Department to launch new investigations into the Trump administration. Oh, yeah. After like, a grueling impeachment... Who just tried to go after him, and it did not work, because he sucks. Is investigating President Trump the best way to try to unify the country? Look, I think no one is above the law, and that includes the President of the United States. We watched on Wednesday Republicans all but one locked arms to protect him from impeachment but we need to reestablish the rule of law in this country I believe in an independent commission in our Justice Department that investigates crimes committed by our own government it is an important part of accountability it is an important part for every administration that we hold ourselves accountable to the American people look People around this country are losing faith in our government. They're losing faith that government works for them. They see a government that just works great if you're rich. It works great if you're a lobbyist. It works great if you're a pointing snake. But they see themselves and their children with less and less and less. And we can do something about it. It's not enough simply to talk about the future. We have to be willing to stand up to those who now control our government. Uh, excuse me, Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> is this your card? Yes, in this country, for every 
every baby. We can invest in our public schools. We can cancel student loan debt for 43 million Americans. How about all of them? But only if we Why are all willing of them, to take control what is all your bullshit? away from the generations and billionaires. Return it to the people. This is about our government. This is about our democracy. This is about our future. Mr. Yang, you said that the notion of a leader, quote, throwing the president before them in jail is not the way things are done here in the United States. It would make it, quote, very hard for any party to govern sustainably moving forward. Does that mean that any alleged misconduct by the president or his administration should not be investigated? There are, of course, limits, and you have to see what the facts are on the ground after you assume office. But the fact Um, is, if you look around the world, the countries that have thrown past presidents into jail have generally been developing countries. And unfortunately, uh, it's a pattern that once you establish, it's very, very hard to break. What's a more American Uh, tradition? We move the country forward. We don't focus on the mistakes of the leaders that are leaving office. Most Americans you do can't prosecute crimes in the future. You can only prosecute them in the past. Care about <laughs> their families, well-being, their community, their town. That's where That's Americans insane. focus wants. They, they want the AI American technology. president. They want the president, of course, the American president. Sorry about that. Oh, they want the boy. president to be focused on that, and that's where our attention should be. We should not fall into a pattern that has been... It was fun hanging out with you, Yang. Senator Sanders. Uh, along with Elizabeth and Amy, we sat for two weeks listening to the impeachment process. And here's what I think the horror and the danger of what happened was. Not only the acquittal of Trump, who in fact committed impeachable offenses and obstructed Congress, it is the precedent that it set. The precedent that it set. And what that precedent is about now is in the future. You're going to have presidents who say, hey, governor, you want highway money? You better support me or you're not going to get it because I am the president. I can do anything I want. Hey, Congress, you want to investigate me? Don't be ridiculous. Who cares about the Congress? Who cares about the separation of powers? Who cares about the Constitution of the president? I'm the president of the United States. I have all of the power. And I'm able to intimidate members of my own party. The saddest aspect of this whole thing is you have Republicans in the Senate who knew better. They knew that Donald Trump is a crook. They knew that Donald Trump is a cheat. But they didn't have the guts, with the exception of Romney, I mean, to vote against him. We're looking at the next president. Yeah. Uh, I did start the Need to Impeach movement in October of 2017. And my father, my father was <laughs> one of the people who prosecuted the Nazi war criminals after World War II. And that's part of the reason I started, because when you see something really wrong in the United States, you're supposed to stand up against it and fight against it. And that's what I was doing. But he's been the Republicans rolled over. Yeah. <laughs> My dad killed Nazis. They've yeah. refused to have witnesses. They've covered yeah. up. Every the time this guy gets to talk, he's getting a point. Yeah. It doesn't he, matter he gets, that he's a crook. The fact and that he gets to talk, he's a winner. Right now, what we have to do is we have to be. You pay millions and millions and millions of dollars yeah. to get to talk. Because he's incompetent and bad for the American people. And that's the case we have to make now. Is he a crook? I knew that two years ago. Is he going to be more of a crook now that he believes he can get away with anything? Of course he is. But the job of the people on this stage is to beat him in November. And that's going to be based on what we can deliver for the American people. The fact that he's 
incompetent as a president. His economy isn't delivering for working people. The jobs aren't, don't pay enough for people to live on. We've got to take him down on the economy and get him out of the White House as soon as possible. Thank you, Mr. Steyer. Impeachment is, of course, over. But Republicans in Congress have already started investigating Vice President Biden's son, Hunter. Mayor Buttigieg, do you think that there's a danger for the Democratic Party to nominate a candidate who is still under the threat of investigation? No. And we're not going to let them change the subject. This is not about Hunter Biden or Vice President Biden or any Biden. This is about an abuse. Or any Biden. (laughs) The Vice President and I and all of us are competing, but we've got to draw a line here. And to be the kind of president, to be the kind of human being who would seek to turn against his own son, who would seek to weaponize a son against his own father, is unbelievably dishonorable. Like, what is this shit? Yeah. Well, he's trying to be compassionate now. He is the fakest motherfucker on the planet. To make sure that this president this does not get Yeah, old secretary. people are stupid. Look at Joe Biden. Look at this motherfucker. He's eating it up. Yeah, I know. Your colleague for saying that. Uh, I love him because I'm old. But here's the deal. Whomever the nominee is, the president's going to make up lies about. He thinks he has free reign right now. One of the things that I think is really important is we have to be authentic with the American people about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And by the way, Colonel Vindman got thrown out of the White House. They walked out. I think we should, at the same time, he should be pinning a medal on Vindman and not on Rush Limbaugh. And I think (laughs) we should be doing now. He should be pinning a medal on him and not Rush Limbaugh. A a show of how much we supported him. Stand up and clap for Vindman. Get your kid up there. I'm going to say pandering to troops, too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for that bullshit. The Democratic it was weird. Aries, being on back. Hillary Clinton has criticized oh. Senator Bernie Sanders' track record. Boo. We were able to hear that question. Okay, sure. The Democratic Party's last presidential nominee, Hillary Clinton, Boo. has Senator Bernie Sanders' record in the Senate, saying nobody likes him, nobody wants to work with him, he got nothing done. Senator Klobuchar, you serve with oh. Senator Sanders in the Senate. Is he going to be able to get the support? <laughs> Not if you, not if you like it, but is he going to be able to get the support that he needs from Republicans? Okay, I like Bernie just fine. Uh, we actually have worked together on a number of things, including pharmaceuticals. Uh, we actually had a vote late at night one time, Klobuchar Sanders amendment to bring in less. No, 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 it was not. He's so good. Other countries. He's so good at this. Uh, since in this great state of New Hampshire, like in Minnesota and Vermont, we can see Canada from our porch. Um, and we Ugh. ended up getting, I think, 14 Republican votes. And they might not have noticed what was happening late at night, but we got those. And I think that it is just an example um, of what we need to do here. Because I've been listening to this discussion. I agree with my colleagues. We must unite. Uh, but the way that we unite is by having an optimistic economic agenda for America. Yes, that is what we must do. And that means taking on a president, if you want to talk about being tough enough to take him on, 
taking on a president that <laughs> literally went down never after he never. signed the Republican tax bill and looked at all his friends and said, you just got a lot richer. That is exhibit A for those carpenters in Pennsylvania and those dairy farmers in Wisconsin um, and those dock workers that I met with in Michigan. That is an exhibit A. And we have to be able to make the case to the working people of this country, some of whom voted for Donald Trump, that we have something better to offer, that we are going to take those incredibly regressive parts of that tax bill and put that money into their child care. Keep making those hands up. Yeah, a lot of hands up. Do you think that Mr. Senator Sanders will be able to get Republican support in order to pass his bills? Um, That, I don't know. I know we did on that bill, but the point is, I think we're better off with someone that has the receipts. Someone that has actually won big time with Republicans and independents. And I am the only one up on this stage, you can check it out, that has consistently won. You'll never win anything. Not once, not twice, but three times. And also, what, I did this, what I world is this where Republicans start working with Democrats? I flipped the state house have they paid attention to the last 16 because years? Because I have a way of working with people that I think should be valued no. here as we look at these candidates. And it's one of the, the last reasons time Republicans and Democrats worked together is, well, when they won the um, cut Social Security. And I got Security. the endorsements of the three major papers are here going to war. Hampshire, uh, which is the Union Leader, the Seacoast Papers, and the Keene Sentinel. I think that matters read those editorials and you will get a sense of what i'm about thank you senator senator sanders i must confess i don't get too many newspaper editorial support must well, confess you, you that got the conway endorsement i here. did we're very okay. proud of that there right. we go but let me just say this i think the question started off with secretary clinton's critique i i think quite honestly as we face one of the great political crises facing America. Our job is to look forward and not back to 2016. And I hope that Secretary Clinton and all of us can come together and move in that direction. Now, second of all, in terms of Republicans, let me say that in my own great state of Vermont, my memory is correct, Amy, I got 25% of the Republican vote. In fact, there were periods when I was in the House of Representatives a number of years where I passed more amendments on the floor of the House in a bipartisan way than any other member of the House. And that is when you when you bring people together on an issue. There are many conservative Republicans, for example, who are concerned about civil liberties, at least they used to be concerned about civil liberties. There are Republicans, as you know, who are concerned about the high cost of prescription drugs. There are ways that we can work with Republicans on issues where we have a common basis. Let's do that. David. Lindsay, thank you. Good evening, all. I want to turn to America's role in the world and readiness to be commander-in-chief on day one. Just this week, you saw it, during the State of the Union, President Trump offered an indication of what he'll tout on the campaign trail. He celebrated the U.S. airstrike that killed top Iranian General Qasem Soleimani, saying Soleimani was the Iranian regime's most ruthless butcher, a monster who murdered or wounded thousands of American service members in Iraq. Mayor Buttigieg, you're the only veteran standing on this stage, and while there's still debate about 
about whether or not there was an imminent threat. There is Moderator no debate about whether or not Soleimani was a bad actor who was responsible for the deaths of many Americans. Given what you know about Soleimani, if your national security team came to you with an opportunity to strike, would Soleimani have been dead or would he still be alive under your presidency? In the situation that we saw with President Trump's decision, there is no evidence that that made our country safer. Look, uh, I feel very strongly about the campaign of murder and mayhem that General Soleimani and his units have perpetrated. It's also the case that if we learn from the war in Iraq, it's that taking out a bad guy is not a good idea if you do not know what you were doing. Uh, how about don't take out anyone? This much closer to the brink of war, but it didn't Imagine start with that. the Soleimani strike. It's not murder people. It started with withdrawing us from the Iran nuclear deal that his own administration certified was working. And it's time for us to recognize that every time a step is taken that moves us to the brink of war, that has incredibly serious consequences for those who surf. By chance, just because I was traveling for the campaign, not long ago I ran into somebody that I hadn't seen since we were both serving. Hadn't seen since she was injured in an insider attack. And I saw her coming down the concourse in the airport wearing a a Wounded Warrior Project t-shirt that said, some assembly required. And when I asked her how she was doing, she, she lifted up her knee and tapped on the part of her leg that they couldn't save, tapped on the prosthetic, and said the Navy had fixed her up just fine. And then, let me know that she was looking oh, forward to an upcoming healthcare. deployment. People in our uniform will do whatever the United States requires of them. God. What they deserve in return is a president who will actually read the intelligence, pay attention to the international security situation, consult with our allies, keep U.S. politics out of it, and never commit our troops to a situation where they would have to go into harm's way if there is an alternative. Mayor Buttigieg, let me just press... Let me just press further on this, though, because President Trump has signaled in a general election campaign he will celebrate his willingness to order that strike. I'm asking if your national security team came to you and presented you with the opportunity, would you take the strike? It depends on the circumstances. It depends if there is an alternative, and it depends what the different effects would be. That's my point. This is not an episode of 24. This is a situation that requires that you actually evaluate the entire intelligence picture. This president has insulted the intelligence community, but they put their lives on the line to gather the information that will help a decision maker evaluate whether or not something like that is justified. And I don't think he even reads it. And here we have a situation where the world, one of the most volatile places in the world has just become more dangerous at the hands of a president who has no regard for the military. Not only punishing a war hero today with what he did to Colonel Vindman, but pardoning war criminals in a way that undermines the entire sense of good order and discipline and military honor. We deserve a better commander-in-chief. Mayor Buttigieg, thank you. I do want to I'll give him a point for calling out a war criminal. Because we know that the Obama the administration one was aware of the threat that Soleimani posed, so was the Bush administration before it. I'm asking tonight, as commander-in-chief, you, though, the would you have ordered the strike? He was fighting ISIS with no, us. And the reason I wouldn't have ordered the strike, there's no evidence yet of imminent threat that was going to come from him. Look what happened. His America first policy has made America alone. You cannot think of a time, David, as long as you've been alive, when NATO has said to the United States of America and to Iran, made a moral equivalent, said, both of you stand down. We are alone now, alone in that region of the world. (laughs) 
cannot be solved militarily. It is time to bring our combat troops home. It is time to stop this endless war in Afghanistan. So, Senator Warren, I, I want to press you on this. You just said combat troops. Yes. So if the generals came to you and said, we need U.S. Special Forces, some footprint in Iraq and Afghanistan, would you listen? Would you leave them? So I want to hear the plan. Not just a, we need it now, we need it for the next day, we need it for the six months. And I want to know where our allies are. We all have an interest in dealing with terrorism and controlling terrorism. But that means it can't just be the United States waging endless war. That does not make us safer, it does not make the region safer, it does not make the world safer. We should work with our allies in managing terrorism, but we need to end this war in Afghanistan. We cannot wait five more years or 10 more years or until we turn the corner 10 more times. We need to bring our combat troops home. Senator Warren, thank you. I want to take this to the vice president because you have said of Senator Warren's comments before that the United States should get out of the Middle East. You have said, I quite frankly was surprised that I have never heard anyone say with any serious background in foreign policy that we should pull all troops out of the Middle East. Is Senator Warren wrong on this? If, I don't, I'm not sure what she, if she wants to put all troops out of the Middle East, but if she does want to put all troops out of the Middle East, we saw what happens when that happened. Move, I put together a 61-nation group to take out ISIS by putting fewer than 5,000 forces along the Turkish border to see to it that they, and they lost 10,000, the Kurds lost 10,000 lives. They defeated ISIS, they ended the caliphate, and then the president on a whim, dealing with a man I know very well, the, now the guy running Turkey, who's more of an autocrat now than a Democrat, and what happened? We pulled out, and you saw what happened. You saw yeah. the end of Erdogan the effort to be able to contain, contain ISIS. <laughs> the guy knows more of an autocrat than a Democrat. Remember what you saw on television. You saw yeah. a woman standing Erdogan. up there holding up her baby. Kurds saying, please don't leave us. And our military women and men standing there, going out in their hump armor Humvees with their heads down. And their hump armor? Did. It didn't take a lot of men or women, men and women to uh, do what they oh needed boy. to be done. And with regard to Afghanistan, oh as now I can say it He's, he's done, right? He's done forever. Go hang out with your crackhead fail son. And the fact that we, I've been in every part of Afghanistan, not in combat like my friend has, but in a helicopter and or on a vehicle. Senator and Vice President. Here's what I saw. There's no possibility of uniting that country. No possibility at all making it a whole country. But it is possible to see to it that you're not able to launch more attacks from the region on the United States. Oh of boy! That's Fuck you! Footprint that we needed to argue for that in the beginning. You mentioned Mayor Buttigieg. I do want to take this points. to you next, Mayor. Given I mean, your finish in Iowa, you've come under increasing scrutiny, attacks from opponents on experience. We've heard that theme even right here tonight. You have said on the Iraq War, for example, I just don't believe there is any justification for that vote. You said it's the difference between tenure and judgment that it's the judgment that matters, not the time in Washington. Vice President Biden, as you know, voted yes. As Commander-in-Chief, do you believe your judgment would be He's better than the Vice President's? Yeah. I believe that I have the judgment to help us get through these situations where obviously the Vice President made the wrong decision uh, when it came to such an important moment in our foreign policy. And looking forward, we got to recognize just how much is going to be on the plate of the next president that is different in kind from what we have faced before. It's not just about 
dealing with the aftermath of the war in Iraq, it's about preventing a war with Iran. And not only do we have to undertake the military and counterterrorism activities that we've been doing throughout, the next president is going to have to restore the credibility of this country among our allies and among the international community. At a moment when we are facing fundamentally different challenges from asymmetric warfare to cybersecurity threats. If President Trump's imagination of a national security strategy is a big wall and a moat full of alligators. It's a 17th century approach to keeping a place safe. What we have to do is be ready for the future. And that means insisting not only on shoring up our relationships, but defining a strategy to keep the American people safe from fundamentally new challenges. Mr. Vice President, I'll let you respond to his argument on judgment. I made a mistake. I said it 14 years ago. I trusted George Bush to keep his word. He said he was not going to go into Iraq. He said he was only using this to unite the United Nations to insist we get inspectors in to see what Saddam Bull was doing. When we got elected, I, the president turned to me with the entire security apparatus and said, Joe, I want you to organize getting 156,000 troops out of Iraq. I did that. I did that. This motherfucker was pushing for the war in Iraq before anybody else. Fact, going to crumble if we don't beat Trump. NATO is in real trouble. We need NATO for more reasons than just physical security. We need NATO to make sure that we do not allow Russia to continue to have... Joe's for kicking the inspectors out. That it, had I, before. ...it wasn't just to stop the insane. Soviet Union from coming, coming into the United States, uh, coming into Europe. It was to make sure that we did not have a kleptocracy taking over that part of the world, to unite Europe in our behalf. I know how to deal with them. I know every one of these world leaders by their first names. They call me, I talk to Do them, you? I believe I can mm. get it done. Mr. Vice President, thank you. You just know Erdogan. I want to bring you <laughs> in this because name. I noticed in the last 24 hours, you have an attack ad running here in New Hampshire well, with images of Mayor Buttigieg, and you say over those images an untested newcomer, but I wanted to ask you tonight on this readiness to be commander-in-chief. You share the stage with a veteran from Afghanistan, a vice president who was in the Situation Room. What makes you most qualified of all candidates on this stage to be commander-in-chief? Well, let me say this. I agree with Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> it's about judgment, not tenure. What we're hearing here is a very long dissertation about exactly how America should be the world's policeman. I just want to be a friend. What we've actually seen in the Middle East is that Barack Obama used diplomacy to get Iran to give up its nuclear ambitions in return for our releasing economic sanctions. So when we're talking about our role in the world and commander this is the one good thing Obama we did. abandoned a diplomacy. We don't have like a murdered, strategy like and we don't have so many people. And actually this view of the world that our response should be military is driven by our gigantic military complex and ignores the biggest problem that we face internationally which is climate change and that cannot be solved with guns and tanks and planes it can only be solved with diplomacy and allies a strong number two and interaction with other countries yeah. so in fact what we are listening to right here <laughs> it becomes is a the bobble of 20 years of oh, yeah. failed military action and how we should continue it, and how we should continue spending $700 billion a year on defense when we spend $70 billion a year at the federal level on education. So let's talk about judgment here. I did not have a lot say we're going to keep military force at least. That's Mr. Vice President, I'll give you 30 seconds to respond. That's not what I said. I was part of the reason putting that deal together with Iran. I was there. 
I was involved in that. Bullshit. I brought the deal, put it together the Paris Climate Accord. I brought in the Chinese. I was part of that. I was part you of every in the major world. initiative we've had relative to, to, to diplomacy. I have not argued for the placement of major numbers of U.S. combat troops. I have said, what? along with the President of the United States, Barack Obama, as his partner, I have said oh. we have to strengthen NATO to make it clear that we keep our commitments when we make them. Oh, we boy. don't keep our commitments to the courage. We must keep our commitments when we make them otherwise we have no power whatsoever and it's not about making sure we're pleased with the world the only way not to become pleased with the world is to have allies that will join us in dealing with failed states and terrorism and it has to be done jointly by a whole lot of people and that's a police state yeah, yeah that's a policeman of the world like what are you talking about if i might like Joe and others, I also heard the arguments in terms of the war in Iraq from Bush, from Cheney, from John Bolton, from the whole administration. I listened very carefully, and I concluded that they were lying through their teeth. <laughs> and I not only voted against that war, but I helped lead the opposition. And it saddens me so much if you hear what I said, it's on YouTube, my fears about all the destabilization that would take place by the U.S. invading Iraq. Uh, it, it, it's sad to me that, that that is what happened. But let me just pick up on a point that Tom made, which is absolutely right. Now, you, Trump wants to build a wall around America. Problem is, if we are going to deal with issues like climate change, not only do we in America have to take on the greed of the fossil fuel industry, we have to lead the entire world. This is not an American issue. It's a global issue. Just we got to bring China and Russia and Brazil and Pakistan and India and every major country on earth into the fight against climate change. And here is my dream. Maybe it's a radical dream, but maybe, just maybe, given the crisis of climate change, the world can understand. Like, how's the crazy old Jewish man? The cranky old Jewish man. Dollars a like year the most personable speaker on the stage. Designed to kill each other. Maybe we pool our resources and fight our common enemy, which is climate change. So, David, Senator Sanders. Thank you, George. Back to you. We have much more debate coming up, but we have got to take a break. We'll be right back. Like it is, it is just like how is everyone else unable to speak? Like, and what's Steyer doing going over to I would have to make friends. I yeah. make friends with, with Joe. Like, Biden needs to go take a potty break or oh. something. Like, <laughs> very weird. Very weird. Okay, uh, what's this weird, like, weight music? Uh, yeah. Hey, we'll be right back. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Oh, I do oh. like we're going to have, like, a little music bed here. That's I know. Nice. That's kind of cool. <laughs> professional. Uh, should we grab the book? Oh, we can if you want. Okay. Hey, yeah. grab the book under it, too. Grab both of those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some double dukes. Yeah, it's, uh, here you go. This is James Lipton's uh, An, Ex- An Exaltation of Larks. Okay. Um, just a book of collected collected nouns, because <laughs> that's what James Lipton of the Actor Studio published. Is he still alive? I'm not sure. Uh, I think he is. Um, like a, a swoop of cranes at affluence of teamsters. Fuck that one. A flush of honey wagons. A factor of makeup artists. Some of these are real goofy. It's a real weird book. Yeah. Um, but Dan, important yes, question absolutely. that we've all been waiting yes. to hear the answer for. Um, what piques your curiosity? 
dumb. Why people vote for Buttigieg? Great question. That's I I well, I'm not I'm not really piqued by that because those people have brain damage. Yeah, huh. Fair enough. So uh, no, I don't get me. Why, why did Dave Chappelle um, back <laughs> Yang? Great question. <laughs> like, oh boy. Ugh. I mean. And who are these Elizabeth Warren dead-enders? Like, the ones that are, like, sticking on. Like, fucking hell. Ridiculous. What are you talking about? Have you ever been banned from a public place? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I was kicked out of the Fashion Square Mall for a year. A year? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What, what, what were you doing? You shot with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I've been banned from anywhere. Yeah, they didn't ban me for breakdancing four years later. But, yeah. uh, and welcome back to Manchester, oh, New back. Hampshire, and the ABC News Democratic Debate. Thanks for joining us. Really we're not really back, ABC though. ABC News Live. I'm Devin Dwyer with our political correspondent, Rachel Scott. Rachel, we have some of the best seats uh, in the house I here today. So Do you? Do you? Do you? in the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah. It has been it's so far away. Just joined in us the best seats in the house. We're looking away from the panelists. <laughs> Uh, his attacks on Pete Buttigieg. We saw the former Vice President Joe Biden talk about his week showing uh, in Iowa, and both of them, Rachel, went on the attack. Just kept owning it, <laughs> living in it. I think one yeah, thing clear here today, my ass kicked. And to probably going to lose here, too. This is a fight and a battle over the future of the Democratic Party, and we are seeing some very clear lanes being carved out here tonight. You see the moderates versus the progressives, and you also see the newcomers to Washington, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, versus those that have lots of political experience um, on that stage. And one of the things that comes with having the momentum in this race is having a target on your back and we saw that tonight for Mayor Pete Buttigieg getting attack after attack he tried to fend them off as best as he Not could front because he, he did one I yeah. Washington um, that Washington needs it right now he's also the terrible on that stage questioning his experience uh, and whether or not a small town mayor can be president uh, Trump uh, and terrible mayor at that yeah back against Bernie Sanders in his quote my way or the highway approach to politics which and the is people that's literally how power works Biden part of the politics of the past. It was also an interesting moment in this first part of the debate where impeachment made a roaring... Okay, I gotta turn this yeah. down because this is nah. this is shockingly bad. Um, Dan, do you believe in perfection? No. I mean, in regards to what? Yeah. I... I... I don't know. Uh... uh who makes your favorite pair of shoes? Oh, I got some New Balances recently, so I like them. But, yeah. I'm going to look at that uh, uh, Giorgio Brutini or something. It's Italian. I don't know. Um, do you love or hate roller coasters? Those are your two options. Um, I, the third option, I like them. Oh. Oh. <laughs> What about oh. you? Um, well, I'll say love. Uh, okay. Based on uh, based on the Hagrid ride. Okay. That was a really good ride. I love that ride. What about Rip Ride and Rocket? Ooh, based on that one, I think I hate roller coasters. That's why I like roller coasters. <laughs> but I will say it wasn't as bad the last time with Claire. Okay. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I just because I was so not looking forward to it nah, that when nah. I actually was on it, I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's actually not that bad. You're just. I think the time before I got stuck at that ninety degree for a bit. Oh, not for a long time, but for any length of time is practically That's unbearable. Terrible. Yeah. Oh my god. So I think I was just really dreading it a lot. So uncomfortable. Uh, are we coming back now? Who the fuck knows no. what's going uh, on? Last this? question. 
What is the largest amount of money you've had to borrow off someone? Ugh. Oh, jeez. Gross. Yeah. You don't borrow large sums of money from people. Yeah. That's terrible. I'm You're a monster. Yeah. No, we're not... No, fuck that. Um, what is your favorite animated or cartoon program? <laughs> program? Animated or cartoon program? Animated Either cartoon. one of those two options. Oh, jeez. You know, I'm not sure if I have one off the top of my head that a really... favorite animated or cartoon program? I don't know. Adventure uh, Brothers? Yeah. Even though I can't have a hard time with animation, I still force myself to watch okay, that somehow. Fair but, enough. All right. That's that old school Mr. T shit. Oh, fuck. No, I, I changed my answer. Thank you, George. <laughs> it's an honor to be here fair in enough. our community. We know Granite Staters are engaged, and we know there are issues that strike especially close to home here. New Hampshire has one of the highest rates of deadly overdoses in the country. In some cases, police and paramedics tell us that they are saving the same lives again and again, sometimes more than once in a single day. It's a healthcare issue, but it's also so much more. Mayor Buttigieg, you have described yourself as a moderate, but one of your policies at least goes further than some on the stage with you are willing to go. You have called for the decriminalization of all drugs. Does that include heroin, meth, and cocaine, some of the drugs that have contributed to this crisis? Her eyes are very no, scary. What yeah. I've called for is that incarceration should no longer be the response to drug possession. Mayor Buttigieg, on oh. your website, it says that you call for decriminalization yeah. of all drugs. Again, what I'm calling for is that we end the use of incarceration as a response. This does well, not mean that it will be lawful why does your to website produce say something else? or distribute those kinds of harmful drugs. But also, as we know from the opioid crisis, some of this has been driven by companies that, that were acting thing. irresponsibly with substances not incarcerating I mean, I'm for decriminalizing yeah, yeah, yeah. everything, but I don't. Why is he just to suppress evidence about I, the addictiveness of those substances? Answer the question. Even while we're also coming to recognize that these kinds of addiction are a medical issue, not a moral failure on the part of somebody battling that addiction. That's why medication-assisted treatment is so important. That's also not just okay. Just and some drugs those sometimes. people <laughs> who are being revived, and, and our own EMTs in my city have been so frustrated by the experience of reviving somebody, but then they have nowhere to go. Sometimes you get brought back with a dose of Narcan, but then your life depends on whether in the days that follow you make it until somebody can actually see you because we have such a shortage of mental health and addiction providers in this country, we must act to change that and save lives when we do. Medicare for all. Yeah, exactly. Now to Mr. Yang. You've said you would decriminalize opioids, Including but you've addiction also said specialists. that you would require all overdose patients to go to mandatory treatment centers for three days. Well, right now in New Hampshire, there aren't enough beds in treatment centers and across the country. How would you make sure treatment is available for all overdose patients? And what would you do to fill the gap in the meantime? Like, what are we talking about? That's what we have to change, Monica. I've heard heartbreaking stories from families here in New Hampshire that have been destroyed, torn apart by the opiate epidemic. And you have to look at the companies that profited to the tune of tens of billions of dollars yes. in profits right. of essentially blood money. As president, we will take back those profits and put them to work right here in New Hampshire so that if you are seeking treatment, you have resources to 
be able to pursue it. We, this is not a money problem fundamentally, this is a human problem, but money cannot be the obstacle. This is something that happened on the government's watch. The government allowed this opiate epidemic to spread throughout our communities, and we have to do everything in our power to actually make sure that if you are seeking treatment, you know you're not going to be sent to jail. We have safe injection and safe consumption sites for you. If you have a family member who's struggling, you can refer them and know that they're not going to have criminal penalties as a result. There is so much oh boy. about this that's endemic to what's happened throughout the country in terms of companies yeah. running amok, this hyper-corporate capitalism <laughs> where if money's on one I'm side sure I'll talk for a right? on the other side, the money is winning. You can see it with the opiate epidemic, you can see it with the military-industrial complex, the fossil fuel companies. This is what <laughs> Staring at that clock. Just watching that clock. Senator Klobuchar, I want to take the question to you now. As a prosecutor, you embrace tough-on-crime policies, oh, yeah. even with drug offenders. You've also spoken many times about your father's own addiction issues, his own alcoholism, and his DUI arrests. If addiction is a disease, should people be arrested for it? And as a prosecutor, do you regret sending people with substance Ooh. abuse issues to jail? Get her. Um, I led one of the most successful drug courts in the country in Hennepin County. And I successful. always would say How? and believed, and I think my record shows this, um, that we weren't a business. We didn't want to see repeat customers. And if you don't want to see repeat um. customers, the only answer is treatment. And maybe you're referring to some of the people who were dealing big time in drugs. Uh, yes, I felt that we should prosecute oh, fuck those you. people. Uh, but when it comes to no, a question, I think it, we owe it to the people of New Hampshire that had one of the biggest addiction rates in the country and death rates when it comes to opioids to explain how we will pay for the treatment and the beds. I've been very clear about this. There's going to be a major settlement coming own. through, a federal settlement <laughs> against all these opioid manufacturers. The evidence is is overwhelming. But how are you either willing to work with you, Amy Klobuchar? To the other, they're eating them like Doritos. Just keep pumping what them. What the fuck? We will get a conservative estimate, forty billion dollars in from that settlement. We can put a two cents oh. per milligram tax on opiates that brings in another forty billion. Then you can close a hedge fund loophole that brings in eighteen billion dollars. And just like every other policy I've proposed, and I think New Hampshire voters should care about this. I have showed how I'm going to pay for it. Oh. Uh, Oh, yeah. What about when the Supreme Court says no? all kinds of promises. The people of New Hampshire you're, and the people of our country You're planning involves getting to sue opioid manufacturers. Yeah. That's never going to happen in the United States. Yeah. I would like it it's a long time for her to keep on trying to do this shit and become president just so she can get a Doritos commercial. And she just keeps on wanting to say Doritos consistency. When it comes to progressive issues, you've been on the right side of them for a this long time. This is just loco, like Doritos locos. In the 90s, when you were in Congress, you voted against background checks. You also voted against a waiting period for purchasing a firearm. Can you explain why you oppose these things that you now support? I, I can, Adam. And, and let me also say that in 1988, I probably lost a race for Congress, and we only have one congressperson in the whole state. Because in 1988, I said that we should ban the sale and distribution of assault weapons in this country. That was 30 years ago. Furthermore, furthermore, I am very proud 
but today I have a D minus voting record for from the NRA. And under my administration, it will be the American people doing gun policy, not dictated by the NRA. But to answer your question, I come like New Hampshire from a very, very rural state. In Vermont, um, until last two years ago, we had virtually no gun control legislation at all. And I represented that perspective. The world has changed. In Vermont and in New Hampshire and all over this country, people are sickened by the mass shootings that we have seen and the gun violence that we have seen. The world has changed and my views have changed. And my view is right now, we need universal background checks. We end the gun show loophole. We end the so-called straw man provision. We make certain that we end the sale and distribution of assault weapons in this country. And we go further. We go further. But at the bottom line is I will not be intimidated by the NRA. We're going to run the gun policy that the American people want. Vice President Biden, you've taken a lot of heat in this primary on these debate stages and from voters here in New Hampshire for your past positions. You've essentially asked them to look at the totality of your record and give you the benefit of the doubt. Does Senator Sanders deserve that same benefit of the doubt on guns? Well, look, here's the deal. The biggest mistake that made, Senator Sanders made, he voted to give the gun manufacturers, the only major industry in America, a... a a loophole that does not allow them to be sued for the carnage they are creating. First thing I'll do as president is work to get rid of that. It's going to be hard. Think of all the thousands and thousands of people who died. And I might add, Bernie, while you were representing your constituency, an awful lot of people that had a gun state and come around. In fact, all those folks in California, New York, Pennsylvania, they were getting killed by the thousands during this same period. I come from a state that's a major gun owning state. I introduced the first assault weapons banned. I, in fact, got it passed. I'm the only guy that beat the NRA twice. I was, while what? I was pushing the Brady background bill, check, background checks, Bernie voted five times against it when he was in the House. So look, the other thing is that when we, we have to be held accountable for the things we did. I'm the guy that set up drug courts. I set them up. I wrote it into law, yeah. and it never got funded. And also on opioids, I'm the guy who's already begun to make a down payment. In the Cures Act, I put in $1 billion. What are you talking about? And lastly, my time is going to be up shortly. Here's the deal. <laughs> those chief executive officers of those drug companies, they should not only be fined, they should go to jail. Senator Warren. Everyone needs to download the episode one podcast, um, episode 113, Joe Biden. If you could change one thing about America's gun culture, what would it be? Look, we have a gun violence problem in America. Well, what kind of question it is, is that? about the mass shootings that we hear about in our schools Stop and all. that frighten us, about in theaters and in churches. It's also, though, about shootings that occur on sidewalks and in playgrounds, often in communities of color that are hit hardest. But there are no headlines over those. It's also about suicide and the increased lethality of suicide because of the availability of guns. It is also about the increased chances that it's usually a woman will die of domestic violence if she is with a violent man and a gun is in the home. We need to think of 
this problem not as one and done or three things and done. We need to think of it just like we did on auto safety. We just keep coming back. We treat it like the public health emergency that it is. But the question we should be asking ourselves is when America across this country, including gun owners, agree in certain basic things, universal background checks, get assault weapons off the streets, why can we not even get a vote in the United States Senate? And the answer is 90%, think about this, more than 90% of Americans agree on this. We can't get a vote in the United States Senate because it is the gun industry that continues to call the shots. Until we attack the corruption in Washington, the influence of money on campaigns and lobbying, we're not going to be able to meet our promises. And one more, until we agree that we are willing to roll back the filibuster, the gun industry is going to continue to have a veto and we will never make the changes we make. We have to be willing to build a future that works not for a gun industry, but that works for the rest of America and protects our children. Thank you, candidates. We're going to go back to David up there. Adam, Monica, thank you and thanks to WMUR tonight. I want to turn to the Supreme Court, the balance on the court and the issues before the court right now. President Trump in just the last 24 hours saying we've appointed 191 federal judges, two Supreme Court justices, keeping his campaign promise to shift the court to the right with Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. The Affordable Care Act is at the court, climate change is working its way to the court, and a major abortion case is on the docket this year. Vice President Biden, on the issue of abortion, in 2012, you said President Obama's two Supreme Court picks of them, there was no litmus test. We picked people who had an open mind, did not come with an agenda. And you've said before, we both believe that we should not apply narrow litmus tests to appointees to the Supreme Court. Let me just ask, would you do it differently as president, <laughs> Mr. Vice President? Would there be a litmus test on if abortion? If you say the rest of what I said, I said that we're going to not appoint anyone who did not have a view that unenumerated rights existed in the Constitution. That's not a specific test. It's a generic test. And the <laughs> only way, the only reason women and have the right to choose is because it's determined that there's unenumerated rights coming from the Ninth Amendment in the Constitution. That's what I said. And I was I was part of the reason why Elena Kagan, who worked for me, got on the Supreme Court. I was part of the reason what why Ruth Bader Ginsburg is on the court. I was part of the reason what why... What are you not part of, Joe? She swore me in. I presided... She swore you in, so you're part of her now. Yeah. Yeah. took it away a long time ago because I almost single-handedly made sure that Robert Bork did not get on the court because he did not think there should be a Single-handedly. So let me just Let's drill down. That straight. Wow. Single-handedly. What you said, which is why I'm asking, would you do it differently now? Would there be a litmus test on abortion? Yes, look, here's the deal. The fundamental value in the Constitution. A woman does have a right to choose. I would, in fact, if they Stop rule it. it to be unconstitutional, I will send to the United States Congress, and it will pass, I believe, a bill that, 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 that excuse me, legislates Roe v. Wade adjusted by Casey. It should, it's a woman's right to do that, period. And if you call that a litmus test, it's a litmus test. But what I was talking about in the past, so no one gets confused here, is if there is no, if you, if you read the Constitution oh very, very narrowly and say there are no unenumerated rights. If it doesn't say it in the Constitution, it doesn't exist. You cannot have any of the things I care about. Any of the things I care about as a progressive member of the United States Congress at the time and as vice president and as a member of society. Mr. Vice President, thank you, sir. What? Look, 
I've lived in an America in which abortion was illegal and rich women still got abortions. And that's what we have to remember about this. States are heading toward trying to ban abortion outright, and the Supreme Court seems headed in exactly that direction as well. If we are going to protect the people of the United States of America, and we are going to protect our rights to have dominion over our own bodies, then it's going to mean we can't simply rely on the courts. Three out of every four in America believe right now that the rule of Roe versus Wade should be the law. That means we should be pushing for a congressional solution as well. It is time to have a national law to protect the right of a woman's choice. Senator Warren, thank you. Senator Klobuchar, I do want to come to you. Should there be a litmus test? It's an active call here tonight. I did want to come to you on this question as Thank well. You. Should there be a litmus test on abortion? Um, I would only appoint judges that would respect precedent. And one of those key precedents is Roe v. Wade. In addition, in addition, you have got to put it into law. Donald Trump, and I think it's really important to take <laughs> to him here, when he was running for election, and this is a case I will make on the debate stage against him, he are. actually said that he wanted to put women in jail. He then dialed it back and said, no, I want to put doctors in jail. Is it a big surprise then we're seeing states like Alabama start enacting laws that would criminalize doctors who perform abortions? It's not. And that is why it's going to be really important when you look at the overwhelming public support for funding Planned Parenthood, for making sure women have access to contraceptions, to making sure that they have a right to choose, that we make this case strongly and loudly. Senator Klobuchar, thank you. Mayor Buttigieg, you have signaled that you'd be open to the idea of expanding the court. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg had suggested leaving the court as it is, saying, quote, nine seems to be a good number. And in fact, she said if the number of justices is increased, quote, it would make the court appear partisan. It would be one side saying, when we're in power, we're going to enlarge the number of judges to have more people who will vote the way <laughs> Is Justice Ginsburg wrong? Well, if all we did was change the number of justices, then I agree with her that that could be the consequence. What I've called for is not only reforming the number of justices on the bench, but structural reform so that some of the justices are not appointed through a partisan process. We cannot allow the Supreme Court to continue to become one more political battlefield as we are seeing today. And the time has come for us to think bigger, not just reforming the makeup of the court, as America, by the way, has done several times in our history. But also remember that the founders gave us the power to amend the Constitution for a reason, and we shouldn't be afraid to use it. It's not something you do lightly or quickly, but when it comes to something like Citizens United, corporations have the political soul as people, and that spending money to influence an election is the same thing as writing an op-ed to your local paper, we need a constitutional amendment to clear that up and protect our democracy. Mayor Buttigieg, thank you. Vice President Biden, I do want to come to you on this. President Trump has said that the only reason Democrats want to expand the court is they want to try and catch up. You have called any expansion of the court a bad idea, adding, we will live to rue that day. 
Do you agree with President Trump on that? I agree with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's who I agree with. And I agree the way to deal with Citizens United is pass the Constitution Amendment yeah, I introduced 25 oh, years ago saying that only I mean, public I feel bad for him in a way, but I mean, period. Not private money, not billionaires, not money from special interests, period. That's the way to amend the Constitution and deal with that. Yeah, in addition to that, if in fact, look, the Democrats yeah. stood up against the man I revere, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> He wanted to expand the court, but they were wise enough to understand that whoever then is a majority will have the ability to abuse it, and it will lose its legitimacy. And there are three equal branches of government. The, it says the president shall nominate, the Senate shall dispose, the Senate shall make that decision, not the president. He can nominate, that's why it's so important, we must win back the United States Senate this time out. And that's why... As, 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 as you all look at it up here in New Hampshire and around the world, or, excuse me, around the country, you have to ask yourself, who is most likely to help get a senator elected in North Carolina, Georgia? Who can win Florida, Pennsylvania, Minnesota? Who can do that? Bernie. Because you've got to be able to win those. Well, you can. I, I agree. But here's the point. You've got to be able to. You've got to be able to not just win, you've got to bring along a United States Senate or this becomes moot. Okay. Senator Sanders. Thank you. Uh, look, you asked the simple question. Is there a litmus test for those of us up here? For me, there is. I will never nominate any person to the Supreme Court or the federal courts in general who is not 100% pro Roe v. Wade. Number two, we have got to codify Roe v. Wade into legislation. Number three, we have to significantly expand funding for Planned Parenthood. Mr. Steyer, I want to bring you in on this because you have claimed that when it comes to the Supreme Court, you have said Republicans have been cheating. Sure they've been cheating. Look, what we saw Mitch McConnell do, not just in the Supreme Court with Merrick Garland, but across the board with federal judges, was refuse to allow President Obama's picks to be considered. That's why Mr. Trump has appointed so many federal judges, because in fact, the Republicans refuse to allow President Obama to get his due. And honestly, we're sitting here talking about, do you have a litmus test? We all have the litmus test. Everybody on this row all feels exactly the same way about a woman's right to choose. Everybody on this row feels exactly the same way on, on gun control. Every single one in this row feels the same way. There's something else going on. These Republicans are in control. They're stacking the court for a generation with young right-wing radicals. And we've watched it happen, and the question is, what are we going to do about it? There is That's where we are in the United States. And the question is, actually, Joe Biden's right. We have to go win a huge victory this year. And we're in trouble. And so the question is going to be, look at these people. Who can pull together the Democratic Party? And let me say this. We have not said one word tonight about race. Not one word. Are you kidding me? We have the most diverse party. We have a very diverse country. We have a very diverse party. The heart and soul of this party is diversity, black people, Latinos, AAPI people. Where are my black sides? Black Everybody, give me a raise the roof. Oh boy. We're talking about something different. The question we have is how are we getting that diverse group of people to the polls? What are we saying? Everyone on this stage feels the same way about you know, right up in the polls. and economic justice. The question I is, is how do we beat Trump? Have yeah, we take yeah, down these Republicans? Yeah. Like, I think the there's no way we're burning this out. 
surprised about now. It's Bernie and everybody else. Like, this time next year, we're talking about President Bernie giving us state the end. Including beating the corporation. Mr. Steyer, thank you. It's still young. Many questions to come. And Lindsey Davis is next. I want to turn now to criminal justice. Mayor Buttigieg, under your leadership as mayor, a black resident in South Bend, Indiana, was four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession than a white resident. Get him. Now, that racial disparity is higher than the rest of the state. In fact, it's higher than the rest of the nation. And that disparity Ooh. increased in South Bend after you took office. When talking about on national terms, you've called it, quote, evidence of systemic racism. But you were mayor for eight years, so weren't you, in effect, the head of the system? And how do you explain that increase in black arrests under your leadership? Well, the reality is, on my watch, I fired the black police chief. in South Bend were lower than the national average, and specifically to marijuana, lower than in Indiana. But there is no question that systemic racism has penetrated to every level of our system, and my city was not immune. But and you were part of it for discussing systemic racism with my own police department. But we've got to confront the fact that there is no escaping how this is part of all of our policies. Earlier, we were talking about opioids. And thankfully, America has come to a better understanding about the fact that opioid addiction is best understood as a medical problem. But there were a lot of people, including a lot of African-American activists in my community who have made the very good point. It's great that everybody's so enlightened about drug policy now when it comes to opioids. But where were you when it came to marijuana? Where were you where when were it came you? to the crack epidemic where were you, in the 1990s? Now, where were you? the reasons why I am calling as for us as a country to take up those reforms that end incarceration as a response to possession. What about when you were mayor? make sure that we legalize marijuana and when we do it, do it retroactively with expungements to correct the harm done in so many cases of incarceration. Like in your Disproportionately, city, when you black and brown Americans and where the, the incarceration did far more harm. Right, than one of the back to your question though, how do you explain the increase in black arrests in South Bend under your leadership for marijuana possession? And again, the overall rate was lower. No, there was an increase. The year before you were in office, it was lower. Once you became in office in 2012, that number went up. In 2018, the last number of year that we have a record for, that number was still up. Yep. And one of the strategies that our community adopted was to target when there were cases where... So, yeah, 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 you're right. I was yeah. lying. Yeah. Which was okay, cool. slaughtering so many in our community. Oh burying teenagers, disproportionately black teenagers. We adopted a strategy that said that drug enforcement would be targeted in cases where there was a connection. So what about when you just lied a minute ago? Gang yeah. Connected to a murder. These things are all connected, but that's He's going to be great in debating against so Trump. So all of the things that need to change oh, in order for us to prevent fuck violence is this guy and remove the effects of systemic racism, not just from criminal justice, but from our economy, from health, from housing, and from our democracy itself. Senator Warren, is that a substantial answer from Mayor Buttigieg? No. No. You have to own up to the facts. <laughs> and it's important to own up to the facts about how race has totally permeated our criminal justice system. Oh, the ones we talk about race. Oh, no. Study after study now shows As a Native American. Americans are more likely than whites to be detained, As the to be first arrested, <laughs> to be person of color, to be wrongfully and convicted, and receive harsher uh. sentences. We need to re 
that used to dye her hair black uh, and contributed to a book called Pow Wow Chow. Yeah, let's have some Pow Wow Chow. And pretended my father was a janitor. But we cannot just say that criminal justice is the only time we want to talk about race specifically. We need to start having race conscious. I said that my great grandfather and great grandmother were different tribes. To build more housing in America, but understand it was the policy of the United States. My great grandfather like murdered a Native American. Against African Americans and people, uh, any other people of color, for buying homes until 1965. You can't just repeal that and say, okay, now everything is even. It's not. We need race conscious laws in education, in employment, in entrepreneurship to make this country a country of opportunity for everyone, no matter the color of their skin. Uh, Elizabeth, with, with respect. With, with respect, you can't regulate away racism with a whole patchwork of laws that are race-specific. What we have to do is oh. heed the writings of Martin Luther King, whose birthday we just celebrated. He said that capitalism forgets that life is social, and what he was championing was a guaranteed minimum income for all Americans. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was about to give a point. I was too. Our economy in communities so close. I'm going to give a point, take away one. Yeah, that's a good plan. <laughs> of white net worth in this country, which is the most important number of them all. Also, you know MLK really loved math? That was his favorite subject. Except by putting money this directly into guy, the hands man. of African Americans and Latinos and people of color to allow businesses to actually this flourish is my favorite movie, in those when communities. Yeah. The only way that <laughs> I think that's called the Frankenstein. Black and black have buying power, and that is where we have to move as a country. Senator Sanders, that Mr. Sanders. I disagree with you, Andrew. I am the person on this stage who will say openly, I'm for reparations. Something wrong happened. I am for reparations to African Americans in this country. And anyone who thinks that racism is a thing. I'm talking, I'm talking. Is not dealing with reality. In fact, three days ago, one of the leaders of Joe Biden's campaign made racist remarks about someone associated with our campaign. And the Legislative Black Caucus went out en masse to stand up for that man and for our campaign. Joe, I'm asking you to come with me and the Legislative Black Caucus <laughs> and disavow Dick Harpootlian and what he had to say. It was wrong. And I'm asking you to join us, be on the right oh, side. Oh, boy. I'm asking you to join me and join in the support I have from the overwhelming number of the members of that Black Caucus. What's happening? I have more support in South Carolina in the Black Caucus and the Black community than anybody else. Double what you have. No, you don't. Wait a second. Wait a second. Point Bernie. That's not this true. Right. Let's not argue about polls. This is not about polls. This is not about polls. I'm not talking about polls. We have nine members of the Black Caucus in South Carolina supporting us. But more importantly, much of what Elizabeth said is absolutely correct. We have a racist society from top to bottom impacting healthcare, housing, criminal justice, education, you name it. And clearly this is an issue that must be dealt with. But in terms of criminal justice, what we have got to do is understand the system is broken, yeah, is yeah. racist. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, invested yeah. our young people in jobs and education, not in jails you know. and in Well, because his only thing is South we Carolina. Like, he put a ton of money in South Carolina. Uh, he put a ton of that. So he's actually doing okay there, because he's doing Bloomberg style. And yeah, Dave okay. we so that's his only thing. Prisons and detention centers in America. 
So he's, that's why he's shouting out his blacks all night long. Ah, are in jail without having been convicted of anything. That's right. 200,000 people because they can't afford the 500 bucks for bail they need to get out of jail. That is outrageous. We're going to end cash bail. Okay, let me say this. I've worked, Bernie. I've worked to end cash bail in California and it's gone. I've worked to end private prisons in California and they're gone. I'm somebody who's... Our family, my wife and I, started a bank specifically to support businesses owned by women, black people, and Latinos because they couldn't get financing anywhere else. But I, Joe, I want to answer. It's called really, banking for colors. I think you should come over and disavow the statements. Oh, Steyer. Don't make him apologize for other shit that people said. I've like, already spoken to Dick Carpullian, and uh, he, in fact, is, uh, was, uh, is, I believe, uh, sorry for what he said. But here's the deal. Oh, boy. God. That's the story. I mean, this is shitty. Every one of the things we talked about here, is not answering it well. In South Carolina, Jim Clyburn, he has a program, it's 10, 15, 30. We should be investing our money in those communities that haven't gotten help for a long time and give most of that help to those communities. Make it a priority. We should make sure... But I want you to join me, Joe. No going to jail yeah. for a, a, a drug offense. They go directly mandatory prison. I mean, excuse me, mandatory treatment, not prison. And we found oh, it. This guy is it so... Three days to uh, get it. Go to Joe330.com. <laughs> we have to pay for that. Just like instead of building new prisons, we build new rehabilitation. Oh, we have a window at the Treasury Department that allows entrepreneurs who are black and brown and minorities to be able to get loans to be able to start businesses. For you these three-hour debates, house, they need to give him a bed in the back for just like the uh, second hour. Just, just rest it off. Same shape. Come back. Did you wait for his eyeball to explode again or something? Difficult for you to accumulate wealth, as my friend at the end of the line here says. So here's the deal. We have to do much, much more. That's what got me involved in politics in the first place. Next break, I'm going to play a little bit of that episode one podcast. Oh, I would love it. It's just three people pretending to be Joe Biden for like an hour. So good. Great. And in education. At-risk schools. schools I wish I'd thought of it. Three, four, and five years old to go to school. Three, four, five years old. Especially black men, because the studies show when there's a black man in a community in a school, it increases prospects significantly, and so on. There's a lot we can do. What's he talking about? <laughs> when there's a black person in the community in the school, it helps progress immensely. And you carry the three. It is three, four, five. Polls to vote. Black voters make up about sixty percent of the electorate there. Senator Sanders, several weeks ago, Nina Turner, one of your national co-chairs published an op-ed piece that said Vice President Biden has, quote, repeatedly betrayed black voters to True. side with Republican lawmakers and undermine our progress. Yeah. Senator Sanders, yeah. do you agree with her? One yeah. of your most visible surrogates that Vice President Biden has repeatedly betrayed black voters? Yes. I think what Senator yes. Turner was talking about is some of the early actions uh, of Vice President Biden, but no. Uh, Joe Biden is a friend of mine. Uh, and no, I'm not here Bernie, to attack Bernie, him. Uh, but what Bernie. I would say is that what we need in terms yeah, of the African-American community 
is to understand that we have got to start investing big time in education, in healthcare. There is no excuse why white families in America have 10 times more wealth than black families. No excuse that disproportionately African-Americans are in jail compared to whites. No excuse for black women dying in childbirth three times the rate that white women are doing as well. Senator Kobachar, you, yes. you had raised your hand yes, before. Yes, I did, because I think in addition to the economic argument we're making here um, with uh, the sad, sad stories of a woman walking into a maternity room in New Orleans and saying her hands are swollen and walking out without her baby, uh, and 30% of African-American kids being living in poverty. We know that there are economic solutions here to invest in those communities, housing, childcare, but there's something else insidious going on that we haven't addressed, and that is the systematic racism when it comes to voting. That is moves across the country to limit people's right to vote. And that is why I have been leading on these bills to automatically register every kid to vote in this country when they turn 18. There is no reason that we can't do that across this country. To stop the gerrymandering by setting up independent commissions in every single state. And yes, to stop the voting purges. Because what is going on right now, in the words of one North Carolina court, is that they are discriminating with surgical precision against African American voters. And we are not going to be able to get any of these things done if we don't give quote? people the right to vote. Vice President Biden. To use their words. Very bizarre. I just wanted to give you a chance. <laughs> I agree completely. There should be registration, automatic registration, turning 18. You I agree. The attorney's right. Automatically are registered, number one, uh. number two. With regard to what we're going to see in South Carolina, we're all going to say, young lady. We'll see whether or not it works. The response to the Speak letter. Speak up, Jack. The person, I'm not saying Bernie wrote the letter, but the senator wrote the letter. She's right. was very brisk and, and significant with other African-Americans in South Carolina taking issue with her. But look, Amy is right. The senator is correct. That is that we, in fact, there is systematic oh, racism. And that's why our Justice Department works so hard to go after those. You know, Joe is so done. 35 yeah. states was, in the United States like, of America that have come up with a They were trying to make this the same guy was the lead. Like five minutes ago, five yeah. years to try to keep African Americans from voting. Dunzo, and, and, yeah, and, they and just need to get that well. hook from Black off stage. And get that guy out of here. We, we, we got Yang on the way. <laughs> as it was in ours. It's just wrong. Hey guys, you got me too. Let me out of here, Senator Warren. You know, I'm glad to stand on this stage with my fellow Democrats who talk about how important the Black community is, at least at election time. Year after year after year, election after election after election, Democrats go to people in the black community and say, boy, we really care about these issues. Racism is terrible. We all want to do something. And then somehow the problem just seems to keep getting worse. Well, I think it's time we have real concrete plans that are going to make a difference in people's lives. I propose the two-cent wealth yeah. tax. And let me tell you just one of the things we can do with the two-cent wealth tax. We can cancel student loan debt for 43 million Americans. And because African Americans have to borrow more money to go to college, uh, borrow so more money while that? they're in college yeah. and have a harder time paying it back when they get out, that one law 
is going to help close the black-white wealth gap for people with student loans by about 20 points. We are Four making a difference loans. in America. Hmm. We're saying to the rich folks, you keep your money and the rest of us will talk about racism, but not really do anything. I think the time for that is over. I'm ready to get in this fight and really make a change. George. Okay, thank you. Actually, let's keep this debate going. Go ahead, Mr. Stein. Look, out of narrative comes policy. And we're talking about a lot of policies that affect Americans me. broadly and disproportionately affect black Americans Joe, or brown take Americans. My hand. But what I believe is we should set up a commission on race and deal with race explicitly. Because everyone's saying we can't have rules that are different for, for different people. But in fact, we're here because we had rules that are different for different people. I would set up a formal commission on race on day one to retell the story of the last 400 years in America oh. of systematic racism against African Americans. The commission would tell Not the just legal discrimination, injustice, and cruelty, but also the contribution that the African American community has made to America so what is the in building about? it and in leading the entire country from a moral standpoint for generations yeah, the, and yeah, centuries. in order to fund their campaigns ought to do it. Mm. I heard everyone here 
talking about, as Democrats, we all want to overturn Citizens United because we want to end this unlimited spending. Yeah, except everyone on this stage, except Amy and me, <laughs> is either a billionaire or is receiving help from PACs that can do what? unlimited spending. So if um. you really want to, to, to live where you say, then put your money where your mouth is and say no to the PACs. Look, I think the way we build a democracy going forward is not billionaires reaching in their own pockets. Yeah. Snake, 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 snake. Snake, snake. We have a grassroots movement funded from the grassroots up. That's the way I'm running this campaign. If you think it's the right way to run a campaign, go to ElizabethWarren.com and pitch in five bucks. Because understand this. Our democracy hangs in the balance. If we have to fund through billionaires, then we're just going to be an America. George, so I can't stand the big money in politics. Um, and one of my major focuses is going to be on passing that constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United. Not good enough. I didn't come from money. And I just simply think people don't look at the guy in the White House and say, can we get someone richer? I don't think they think that. They want to have someone that they can understand. And you know my background. My grandpa was an iron ore miner. He worked 1,500 feet underground in the mines his whole life. He couldn't even graduate from high school because he had to raise his nine brothers and sisters. My grandpa said he worked in there so long he caused a genetic defect to a two-year community college causing all of his children and grandchildren and you can't to be hobbit people from his family <laughs> i am part troll 13 million dollars due to his sacrifice time. my group my and mom grew up a, and wanted to be a teacher in wisconsin she moved to minnesota she taught second grade until she was 70 years old and no i am not a billionaire but i stand before you today as a granddaughter of an iron ore miner the daughter of a teacher and a newspaper man the first woman elected to the U.S. Senate from the state of Minnesota. Someone who has passed over 100 bills as a lead Democrat in that gridlock in Washington, D.C. Someone no one has heard of. It's because we live in a country of shared dreams. And that means no matter where you come from, Amy Clover, uh, Clover throwupunch.com. Question to you because Mayor Bloomberg has taken I got an answer before the question. It's more. He says we need evolution, not revolution. I can hear that. Mayor Bloomberg has said we need evolution, not revolution, taking you on directly. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. There are millions of people who can desire to run for office. But I guess if you're worth $60 billion and you could spend several hundred million dollars on commercials, you have a slight advantage. That is nonsense. What we have got to do is have a nation in which we not only overturn Citizens United, we move to public funding of elections. In terms of public, in terms of money and politics, all right? Our campaign, and I am enormously proud of this, unlike some of the folks up here, I don't have 40 billionaires, Pete, contributing to my campaign. Get him! Get him! The Get him! Industry coming from Wall Street and all the big money interests. What we do have is we have now over six million contributions from one and a half million people 
averaging $18.50 a contribution. That is unprecedented in the history of American politics. We have another one tonight. If we want to change America, you're not going to do it by electing candidates who are going out to rich people's homes begging for money. The way we're going to do it is build a mass movement of working people who are prepared to stand up, not take money from these billionaires, not take money from Wall Street, but stand up to the drug companies in Wall Street. And if you want to be part of that political revolution, BernieSanders.com. Mayor Buttigieg, close this round out. We are going into the fight of our lives. Donald Trump, according uh, to news reports, has raised $25 million today. We need to go into that fight with everything that we've got. Now, I've been very clear on both my record, where I have sued pharmaceutical companies, and what I'm campaigning for that includes raising wages and raising taxes on corporations and the wealthy. And as the only person on this stage who is not a millionaire or a billionaire, I know a thing or two about building a movement because mayor of South Bend, Indiana is not exactly an establishment fundraising powerhouse. What if I'm here? here like, you are from wealth. We are here with You're a CIA asset. Like, fuck off. Because yeah. hundreds of thousands of people went to, yes, PeteForAmerica.com contributed to this campaign and let me say something else if we want to bring about any of the changes that everyone is talking about so elegantly up here we need to put together the majority that can decisively defeat donald trump and in order to do that we need a politics that is defined not by who we reject but how we bring everybody into the fold. And if you are low income, or if you're able to contribute a lot, if you've always voted Democrat, or if you're an independent or even a Republican who's just sick of looking your kids in the eye and trying to explain this White House, we need you to join us right now. I will not pursue politics by telling people they can't be at our side if they're not with us 100% of the time. This is a time for addition, not rejection, for belonging, not exclusion. Mayor Buttigieg, thank you. I had no idea what you just said because I yeah. would not pay attention. I was literally reading an Instagram post about circus peanuts. As we updated NAFTA, but it does include incentives to make cars yeah, here in North America, and it does peanut. open Canadian markets for American dairy farmers. Senator Sanders, as we sit here in New Hampshire tonight, both New Hampshire Senators Maggie Hassan and Senator Jean Shaheen supported this. They voted yes, calling it a real win for workers and for farmers. You voted no because you said you believe it takes us back years on climate. Were the senators from New Hampshire wrong? Yes. Um, I mean, it's a disagreement. Uh, but if you look at every environmental group in this country, uh, including the Sunrise Organization, we're so proud to have their support because we have introduced the most comprehensive climate change proposal I think ever offered by a presidential candidate. What they are saying, what the environmental groups are saying, we're simply exporting uh, fossil fuel emissions to Mexico. There is not one word in that trade agreement that deals with climate change. And I don't know how in 2020 you could do that. Second of all, there is, in terms of outsourcing of jobs, a major crisis in this country. Nobody believes 
that under this Trump trade agreement that they will not be continued and significant outsourcing of jobs into low-wage Mex uh, Mexico where workers are paid in some cases less than $2 an hour. So I think the right vote was to vote against that agreement. I don't apologize for that. Senator Sanders, thank you. I do want to go to Senator Klobuchar. You heard what Senator Sanders just said there. He said not one word on climate in the trade deal. So why did you vote yes? Well, first of all, I want to defend the honor of the incredible two senators from New Hampshire, Jean Shaheen and Maggie Hassan, uh, who work so hard for this state every day. And I voted with them. Why did I vote with them? Because there were some major improvements in this trade agreement when it comes to labor inspections, when it comes to getting rid of a sweetheart pharma deal that was in place. And when it comes to climate change, I think we have to have a North American trading block. Uh, we have to have uh, Mexico and Canada and America working together. And the best way to take on climate change as president, yes, I'll work to make this a part of every future trade agreement, but the best way to take on climate change is by getting back into the international climate change agreement, which I will do on day one. It is bringing back the clean power rules, it is bringing back the gas mileage standards, and it is introducing sweeping legislation to put a price on carbon. And you cannot divorce trade from that, and in future trade agreements, that should be part of our negotiations. But I'm telling you right now, having no trade agreement with Canada and Mexico puts us at such a disadvantage when it comes to dealing with China and pushing China to do better when it comes to climate change. Senator Klobuchar, thank you. Senator Warren, you voted yes as well. Yes, I did. And I'll tell you why. Because there are a lot of farmers around this country that are really hurting because of Donald Trump's trade policies. There are a lot of workers who are hurting because they can't get enforcement of any workers' rights. So this NAFTA provision, after a lot of negotiation with Democrats, uh, Senator Sherrod Brown helped make it a whole lot better. This makes things somewhat better for workers and for farmers. And when I see a law that makes things somewhat better for hardworking people in this country, I say, I'll sign up for that, and then I'll get up tomorrow morning and I'll start working hard for a better trade deal on climate, a better trade deal that has a basic coherence to it. Everyone wants to get to the American market. We should be raising standards on climate around the world to get access to our market. Mr. Mr. Steyer. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. I mean, I got to agree with Bernie Sanders. And I got to, Senator, I do. <laughs> Senator, <laughs> 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 And that's how we convince them that they've got to be right on climate. This is just his way of buying friends. Yeah, I love it. To stop making Tom, I'll be your friend for some money. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up a couple mil, you bring up $6.7 million, I will be your friend. That's you sacrificing being your friend for the billionaire. That's a huge positive change, and I agree with the senators on that. But there's something the else going on here when we think about our foreign policy, and that's this. We talked about uh, whether it's right to, to, uh, to kill General, General Suleiman. What if we inspire our teammates together? A little buddy, about buddy where friendship, that makes, uh, where that leaves the United States in the community of nations. No, no, we're going to be a perfect brand new Ben Affleck team. So if we actually want to be the leaders of the world, the leaders of the free world, we can actually negotiate a climate treaty around the world that sticks, that makes a difference. We're going to have to put climate first. And when we think about doing the wrong thing the way Mr. Trump did with General Suleiman, 
we have to ask, does that help us build a coalition of countries around the world to do the right thing? It absolutely does not. Being all by ourselves, doing the wrong being thing, the we empire in the Star Wars the movie does not yeah. put us in a position cool. to get done what we need to get done as the leader of the free world. And so, in fact, the USMCA is something that's the first step, but the second step is exactly what Bernie Sanders is saying. Use access to our market as a negotiating thing to make sure not only that we represent American workers, but that we represent the American people in the long run and we make sure that we get you know, a safe Tom, climate deal. One of the things about being in the arena is you have to make decisions all the time. Yes. And these things aren't always exactly how you would do them. But in this case, Never. if you want to criticize Trump for not ever having any friends, and I would agree, he always sides with tyrants over innocents. He always friends. sides with dictators <laughs> over allies. But I think you've got to have some friends. And those two countries, our neighbors, may not be perfect, but they are our friends. And we have a problem that literally blames yeah, everyone. All about friends. Yeah, like, if I know anything about Tom Steyer, motherfucker loves friends. Everything that goes wrong. He blames his Federal Reserve chair that he re appointed himself. He blames I mean, that's the king what he's of running. Denmark. You blow a tire, call Tom Steyer. <laughs> Prime Minister of Canada for, he claims, cutting him out of the Canadian version of Home Alone 2. Who does that? That's oh, what Donald Trump up. does. So Over my point here is that when we have opportunities uh, to work with our allies and New Hampshire is such a great example If you're moving, call Tom Steyer. He'll help you he'll care of those boxes. Gene yeah, Shaheen well. and Maggie Hassan who believe we need to work with NATO and the rest of the world, who sees it as a smaller state but a state that is a piece of the world. We cannot be alone. And that trade agreement was not perfect. But the One time I was is, having a birthday and I didn't have any plans. The the world, I called Tom Steyer. Yeah. I didn't realize he already planned the press security. party for me. Oh. <laughs> Oh boy! Yikes! This is this is getting painful. Yeah. Um, let's have a little fun, uh, guys. I'm just gonna I'm gonna randomly. I jumped a few minutes in, but I'm gonna play a little bit of this episode one. Yeah. Um, this is these. Every episode of this podcast is basically episode one of a podcast. Okay. So they're all just there. So this is Joe Biden episode one thirteen. Probably yours too. For it should be, you should try to have some for yourself. Judge for yourself. See if you don't like what's going on in there. Root beer snippies. Uh, uh, this campaign that we're doing, that trying to bring America together, just like Barack O'Driscoll did, is uh, <laughs> sponsored by Zexman's baseball hats. Uh, Zexman's. They stay on your head when you're running. Well, what do you see with the current candidate? Uh, candidate for pre the president. Current president, president elect Donald Donald Gunch, is that he can't he can't tell a horseshoe from a hole in the ground. So we yeah. are sponsored by. We want to give a quick, quick little, quick little shout to our sponsor, Candied Horseshoes, made here in Dover. Look, if you're the biggest kid in town, you can climb the biggest tree. That's not the case anymore. <laughs> and if you're if you're looking to get ants, if you're looking to get ants in your hair, you'll know what to do. But look, guy, I mean, you wash every window in the neighborhood, you'll make maybe a quarter. <laughs> you know, we got a president in the White House right now. You know, we got Donald Draper playing backseat bingo with some 
playing backseat bingo with some Carly Kitten there, going zippity doo dah. He's he's back there, his hands going you know where, and he's acting like he's made in the shade with Pink Cabaret, and uh, I, that just kind of you know razz my, razzes my berries a little bit, I gotta say. And you know what? I feel like our campaigns we're all coming together, and we're gonna tell. Uh, <laughs> so it's an hour of, of, of that. <laughs> just that but yeah, it's, just, it's amazing. It's so good. Uh, I like. Truly, truly magical. I thought we were coming back, but no, it's just back to these chumps. Let's see what they're saying for just a second. We are joined with our political correspondent, uh, Rachel Scott. Rachel, we heard so much this last block about gun policy. Abortion. All right, I'm already bored. Um, yeah. uh, Dan, I'm going to ask you as Joe uh, Biden. Absolutely, yes. Joe Biden, yeah. please answer this question. Oh, and, it's, and do I? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, what table matter do people lack that drives you crazy? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Are we trying to eat your corn pops and reflect his loyalty among Oh, sorry. Oh, what the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. This is so Sorry. Uh table matter dri- uh people lying drives you crazy. Yeah, well, you know, uh, well, yeah. Uh, I, I I think what it is it, 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 it is when you're trying to eat your corn pops with corn pop and and and, and then rice crispy comes uh and, and, and he wants to eat his own cereal. Uh, but it's Corn Pop Tuesday. Now I, I hear what you what you what you're saying here, but I, now I, 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 listen up, Jack. Um, what we've got to do is realize that um, when you're uh, when you're having when you're having dinner and everybody's got their elbow, everybody they, they have their elbows, they have their elbows on their arms, yeah. and it's. Yeah. Uh, they're putting them up there on the vestibule. Um, the uh, you got to realize that when I when I was I was a kid, I, I had a grandmother. I had two of them, um, one on each side. Uh, they would uh, they would say to me, they would say they would say uh, uh, they tell me a whole lot of uh, things, lesson um, lessons and. Uh, um, I was always, I was always running around, um, they would, they would, uh, and I listen, Jack, uh, the point of the, I, I was, I was there, I was there when it was happening, so, that's mainly, that's, uh, I think, well, I think that's my time, I don't want to, I don't want to go over. <laughs> I know, I want to go over, I ran out of gas. Oh, boy. I, I love it, love it. Oh. This fucking gum. Oh, um, Dan, what is your favorite gum? Yeah, I'm not much of a gum guy. No. Whatever Brad has, and then he says, "Hey, you want some gum?" And I'll, I'll take it. All right, all right, that's a good one. That's so I think one. it's usually Trident. Yeah, you know? yeah, living yeah. a Trident life usually. Yeah. I got found the ice cubes lately. Oh. Got one of those big things of ice cube, the big square. Oh, I don't think I'm familiar with those. And they come in a little plastic bucket, and it's very strange. I'll be back. No, no, because Yang's Why's out Yang there doing a dance. <laughs> Yang's out there just taking a walk. Yeah, just stretching it out. Uh, this is the weirdest thing that they're yeah. doing here. I mean, I guess it's because like maybe this is the internet feed or something. Each of you will answer it in turn. We'll start with Mr. Yang, and the question is this: According to the Children's Defense so Fund, it's been more than twenty years since child poverty was directly addressed in a presidential debate. The year was nineteen ninety nine. The question was our friend. Oh. Who may be watching right now, the late Cokie Roberts. 
Capitalism needs to fucking die. George, we're in the midst of the most extreme winner-take-all economy in the history of our country. And unfortunately, that extremity is just going to reach unprecedented heights. What are these students throwing? Yeah. Yeah. He's just doing a toted version of thrower. And most of us are not. Most adults feel happy if we stayed about the same on any given day. So if we want to alleviate what? child poverty, we need to put money directly into the hands of families, particularly single parents. Forty oh. percent of American children today are born to single moms. Ninety percent of single parents are single moms. And right now, we have fallen into this trap where we have allowed the market to tell us what we are all worth. And what is the market value my wife Evelyn at or stay-at-home parents around the country? Zero. Caregivers taking care of ailing loved ones, like Carl Christensen in Iowa. Do you see his wife was worthless? Volunteers yeah, and activists zero. in our communities trying to do something positive. Zero. Coaches and mentors helping our kids. Zero. Most artists, sorry artists, but it's true. Zero. <laughs> Increasingly local journalists, which is wiping out our ability to have a functioning democracy because you can't vote on something if you actually don't have any news coverage. I'm giving them a point the for just calling everyone zero. That's their next podcast. Economic value oh. and human value. Say they are not the same things. And make this case to our fellow Americans that we each have intrinsic value as citizens, as human beings, and as owners and shareholders of the richest country in the history of the world. Mayor Buttigieg. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is oh. America's been counting the wrong things. Now we have a president who says the economy is fantastic because the Dow Jones is looking good. And I'm sure if you've got a building with your name on it close to Wall Street, then that really is the same thing as the economy to you. But the problem is we've had an economy grow and not be able to lift up those most in need or, or even so many in the middle. When I'm president, we're going to measure the performance of our economy, not by the Dow Jones, but by the income growth of the 90%. Because a good economy is one where children are being lifted out of poverty, just as we focused in South Bend on cutting the poverty rate, in particular the black poverty rate, and making sure families with children were participating in the growth that we did have. But this is the shittiest mayor ever. Something where yeah. the American people want to see you did, change. Like, mad racist the American shit. people, not just diehard Democrats. And you just lied about it a few minutes ago. And some Republicans well, think like we need to in a lie. Yeah. economic equity, and yet it still doesn't happen. That is why we need to recognize that the time has arrived for a different kind of politics to turn the page. Everyone stays in politics of the past Tuesday in the past to just and deliver a better each future other alive. before it is too oh, late. Yeah. So I started my grown-up life as a special education Please teacher. Please don't say mamas and daddies. I learned early on don't say mamas about and daddies. the worth of every single human being. Mamas and daddies. I believe that the best 
best investment we can make as a nation, the best investment we can make as human beings is to invest in our children. And we've had enough of making rhetoric around this. Everyone says they love the kids. But here's the deal. It's time to come up with real plans to make that happen. I've talked before about a two-cent wealth tax. But the whole idea behind it is we can do early childhood education and good quality child care. Universal pre-K for every three-year-old and four-year-old in America. And we can stop exploiting the people, largely black and brown women who do this work, and raise the wages of every child care worker and preschool teacher in America. We want to have a real future in this country then invest in our children. Don't leave public education just to our localities and our states. Be a good federal partner. Put real money into our schools. Put real money into housing. Put real money into into health care. Put real money into the future of our children. That's how we build the America of our best values. Mr. Vice President. Wow. Somebody finally gave her a Dad walked in one day and said, We gotta move. Don't have a job. We gotta move to a different city. <laughs> yeah, I watched my dad. I met many people. Come with me if you want to live. I'm going through the same oh, thing where the father's made that longest walk and the mother's made that longest walk. I was listed for the entire time I was in the United States Congress as the poorest Locked man in the United States Congress. I, my net worth was net zero a couple of times. The fact of the matter is that I've never focused on money for me. And I was a single dad for five years. It's not as hard as being a single mom. And I had help from my sisters in the audience and others. But the fact is that I think we have to focus on what is at stake here. What? These aren't someone else's children. <laughs> the audience is scary. strings that lift our national ambitions. Oh, they really are. <laughs> they lift our national ambitions aloft. We have an overwhelming interest overwhelming interest in seeing to it they do well you know 24 to every 100 students in school today in high from grade school to high school are latino what are we going to do walk away from that many of them come from homes that are poor very poor that's why i invest so much time and energy in preschool that's why if i only have one dollar to spend i spend it equipping the child before they get into school in the early days then after and we talk about all those what? kids out there that are going to be graduating a great number of them aren't going to as as mr yang said aren't going on to college although i think we should help with college they're not going on to college what they're going to do they're going to be equipped to compete in the 21st century by training them for the new trades the new opportunities the new capabilities that are out there we must focus on our children like i said they're all our children they're not somebody else's kids everyone 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 as my father would say is entitled to be treated with dignity and respect and we're not doing it senator sanders well the answer the answer to your question is why we have the highest rate of childhood poverty of almost any major country on earth disproportionately high for the african-american community by the way is the same reason that we give massive trillion dollar tax breaks to the rich and large corporations same reason that we give tens of billions of dollars in subsidies and tax breaks to the fossil fuel industry while half of our people are living paycheck to paycheck the same reason that we have three people in america owning more wealth than the bottom half of america the same reason that we are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people as a human right 
exact same reason as to why we are paying in some cases 10 times more than other countries for prescription drugs. And that reason is that our priorities are determined by the 1% and by wealthy campaign contributors. Our priorities mm. are determined by those who want to see the rich get richer and are turning their backs on the working families of this country. House of the Chief. And what is unique about our campaign is we say unashamedly we are raising our campaign contributions not from billionaires but from working class people. That our campaign is about the working families of this country, for the working class of this country. And that is the administration that we will run. It is time to take on the big money interest. It is time to change our national priorities. Thank you. Senator Klobuchar. Uh, in Kobe's memory, uh, let me answer this question. Uh, we may have lost an election in 2016, Democrats, but we did not lose hope. And there is a way. It's actually based on a National Academy of Science report, and I've used that to put together a plan to reduce child poverty in half in 10 years it's and eradicate it in a generation. We can do it with investment in child care. We can do it with investment in preschool and school. Well, and we can do it with tax credits, and we can get it done. But to get it done, we have well, to be able to reach those voters that we lost in this state and across the country. There's an old story of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Oh. And when he died, his body was put on a train and went up across America. And there was a guy standing by those tracks along with so many Americans. And he had his hat on his chest and he was sobbing. And a reporter said, sir, did you know the president? And the guy says, no, I didn't know the president, but he knew me. He knew me. And Nobody's I ever going to say that about you lack of empathy in this guy in the White House right now. And I will bring that Your fucking you. campaign messages. No, we can't. Stretching your paycheck <laughs> to pay for that rent. I know you, and I will fight And I won't you. do you shit to help you. If you're going to pay for your child care or your long-term care, I see you, I and you, I kick you and in the I face. Fight for you. <laughs> if you have trouble figuring out if you're going to fill your refrigerator or fill your prescription drug, I know you, and I will fight and for you. And I will you. ignore you. I do not have the biggest name up on this stage. I don't have the biggest bank account. I'm not a political newcomer with no here comes, record. Here comes the but joke. I have a record of fighting for oh, people. I'm asking joke. you to join us at amyklobuchar.com. I'm asking you to believe that someone who totally believes in America can win this. Because if you are tired of the extremes what? and our politics and the noise and the nonsense, you, you have totally a home with America? me. Please, New Hampshire. Is there anyone running your that thinks America doesn't exist? Thank you. Is there somebody running that's like, I don't know. Sounds like a bunch of wizard shit to me. I mean, there's flat earthers, so... Uh, these five people don't believe it. Sounds like Harry Potter nonsense. The, the Republicans have There's a conspiracy with Australia's in there. And their plan oh, is oh, pretty true. simple. It's go. to cut taxes on the richest Americans and the biggest corporations. And then they pay for it by cutting education for kids. By cutting health care across the board. By allowing corporations to pollute as much as they want. And then they try and break unions and the organized labor movement. It's very simple. That's what Mr. I propose a council of friendship. Yes. But we are not going to win by just criticizing Mr. Trump. We have we I know that there is a better America out there and that America lives in our hearts and minds. 
and I want to be and friends with America it. America understands that when a kid succeeds in Columbia, South Carolina, that is a triumph for every American. And the same is true of a kid in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mr. Trump has Go no on. idea what prosperity looks like across this country. It's not just that he does bad things. He doesn't understand that investing in education and healthcare and good union jobs is actually an investment in our common humanity and in growth in the future, mobility and justice. That is the America that lives in our hearts and minds that will beat Mr. Trump because he will never be able to imagine it. So in fact, what we need to do is have a new conception, a new dream of America. Dream it and make it happen. It's getting real Marianne Imagine Williams. the mountain, yeah. and then we climb it together. We are in perilous times. <laughs> I am asking for your vote. And your friendship. Let's rise yeah. together. Let's be friends. Candidates, thank you. Yeah, if you can style, if the style was a Care Bear, would you be Braceheart? Oh, college. Thanks for our partners. I don't know if my Care Bear is well enough. And Apple News, and now I'd like to send it to my colleagues, Martha Radich. Manchester after the sometimes fiery exchanges between the top seven the Democratic candidates. This, this was so weird. Yeah. Debate, the last big chance for the candidates. When it goes three hours, it just gets kooky. Yeah. This Tuesday, I don't know. Felt, that felt weird at the end. Yeah. Hey, you think we'll see Joe Biden not be able to use a phone again? <laughs> it's happened like four times. That would be great. Steyer is hugging Yang. What the f- Fuck is it's happening? Like, oh yeah. I, so is this oh. the end or is it another break? No, no, that's that, that's yeah, the end. Yeah. It, oh. Yeah. I yeah I thought it was another half an hour, but uh, um, Joe Biden looks confused. He's coughing. Oh, very strange. Yeah. Oh. His wife has the hugest jacket on. Yeah, the jacket's real big. It's not good. Yeah. I really, I just want to see somebody, I want to see Joe Biden trying to take a photo. Oh, oh here's Steyer. What's Steyer up to? He's looking around. Uh, he's just looking for a friend. He's looking for a friend. Is he, is he going to go see the moderators, give them a hug? Yeah. <laughs> God, he really gives a, gets yeah. deep on that hug. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, like, is it, he's around. Yeah, it's around the neck. He has to know that person, right? I mean, you can't hope. Hug somebody like yeah. that. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's like hugging her, and now he's hugging multiple. People. Okay, he's like, there's a kiss there, so I think that's that's yeah, fam. Yeah, must be. Um, but but so, I so never hug But that was the same way that. he was hugging Yang. Oh, <laughs> so so strange, so weird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Joe Biden is just wiping his nose awkwardly. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, like an old man. Yeah, he, he his nose oh. probably constantly runs. Oh, and then now he's going to shake his hand. Oh, his nose. Oh, and then Buttigieg looking smirky as fuck. Oh, a little smirky bastard. Oh, man, they, they're really showing some some of the uh, like this next camera guy just following them around. Yeah, are they like it's so gonna, strange? Are they just like trying to fill that thirty minutes? I mean, this is weird, real weird. Okay, somebody's taking a photo of Joe. Oh, please, somebody, please, somebody have them take. Oh, I, I want to see Joe get somebody's phone again. <laughs> what is Yang jumping He's up about? Jumping around. There's a zero wife. Yeah, here I look zero. At, she's a real zero. Pay no attention. Oh, oh boy. Uh, 
so and is Biden uh, chewing gum now? I mean, that's. <laughs> uh, I, uh, uh, I don't know. This is real wild. Here comes Steyer on Yang's wife. Yeah, of course. Get that hug in. Yeah. You're not a zero in my heart. I don't think you're a zero at all. You could be my friend. Oh, come on, come on. Come on, hand somebody, hand, hand Joe a phone. Yeah. Hand him a phone. Let's see him not be able yeah. to use it. He'll figure it out. Let's see him lock somebody's phone. <laughs> God. Yeah. What if he somehow factory reset their phone? Well, that, that, we saw it twice where he, like, yeah. was trying to do it, and he ended up, like, you could see him locking the phone. Because yeah. he didn't know how to use a I phone. Love it. Oh, this fucking guy. Oh, real kooky. Real kooky. This is just so strange. Yeah. I was just watching them all mill about. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the cameraman's just... Just all over the place. Stage. Yeah. Just all over the place. Uh, really strange. <laughs> oh, what is... Why are they going so close so to Joe Biden? Like, so close to Joe. Weird zoom. Yikes. And it looks like his like face is just falling apart. Yeah. Oh, that's such a weird angle. Because it doesn't <laughs> even look like... Oh, no! <laughs> No, I think he's threatening Yank's wife. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna oh, kill you. No, 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 listen. Listen, Jack, I... <laughs> I, uh, listen, I... That's why I'm not sedimentary. I, like, uh, I always uh, say to myself, I say, I say, raisins, raisins come in little boxes. You see, you, you get them in there. They used to be grapes. You, you know, I, we, uh, we, had, we had grapes, uh, but raisins, they... They're, uh, they're, uh, they're part of that whole whole thing, yeah. And I, I said I was I was sitting. Uh, oh yes, oh, yes, he's, he's got, got a phone. phone. Joe's got, got a phone. phone. Joe's got a phone. On. Joe's lost. Oh, what? Well, uh, no. He has no what's, idea. What's he doing? Oh, because they didn't uh, even give it to oh, him. Oh, oh, he got it. He, did he get he, it? I think he got it. Joe's working a phone. Wow. Joe worked a phone. Wait, oh, oh he, he's, he's still working on it. Yeah, <laughs> still working on it. <laughs> he took like six photos he, or just six different he, angles the idea, to get the photo. He was supposed to be taking a selfie with the crowd behind him. Yeah, but it looked like he took a photo of a, a selfie of him in a lighting rig. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a shitty photo. It's yeah. not gonna be good. No, it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> Hey, you guys want me to take a real photo? Yeah, yeah, uh, can get over there. You know, that's not like a big here. deal. I know how to use a phone. Uh, yeah. Uh, so $1,000 a month, $1,000 a month. <laughs> oh. Joe Biden posing for a photo in the dark. Cool. Uh, what a weirdo. Uh, all these people excited to meet Yang. Yeah. Weird. Well, are they excited or just like, oh, he's here. I'll shake his hand. Yeah. You know, it's just Oh, boy. Because they were all excited about Biden. I mean, it's the same people, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, it's it's people that are, you know... There's a lot of college kids that it, this is the thing they, they went to. It was at their school, so... Yeah, all right. Well, that was that. Fair yeah. enough. That Fair was... Enough. That was that was it. Um, all right. I'm, uh, I'm calling it right there. So that was... That was the debate. That was debate number that's, 10 that's for us. debate, yeah. Um, and what I just want to say, uh, one last yeah. question yeah, to the yeah, vice yeah. president. Um... Obviously, um, what things do you want to have in common with your significant other? Well, you know, you you want to have the same experiences, uh, like at the pool uh, and dirt knives. Well, uh, now I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, now I was 
I was uh, my wife. Um, uh, she says she's she's she says to me, my wife, doctor, doctor, doctor Joe Biden. Um, she says to me, I uh, I um. We uh, we we have many things together. We got we share we share ideas. We share them. It's important that we share the ideas. <laughs> uh, we uh, we 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 neither one of us cares much for for uh, 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 tapioca. <laughs> Don't care for it. I, I when I was when I was in a, I, I, when I was there when I was there with uh, with um, Barack, Barack Obama I would I would uh, we would have the we have the big 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 uh, there's always always uh, every time there's 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 dinners you go to and you can't put your your elbows on the vestibule so you, they serve the meal and everyone has dessert and if there's if there's tapioca. Uh, I mean, why we we're 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 very much like I don't care for tapioca, and I and I and I, was, and I say I say to the cook I say now now listen fats uh, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want tapioca, um, so you just bring me uh, you bring me a butterscotch pudding and that goes double for 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 my wife Dr. Jim Biden, so. That's where I stand, and that's what's where I've always stood. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I really, I really, I really, I really, I really captured some Biden Absolutely. there. Absolutely, no, it was one hundred percent Biden. That was great. It's good times. It's good times. Um, was he calling her? Dr. Joe Biden? Yes. <laughs> that I absolutely ripped off of episode one. That's great. Uh, that was purely stolen. I'll, I'll admit to that one because it's so good. <laughs> it makes all the sense. Yeah, he absolutely would. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's another debate, guys. Um, Bernie clearly won. No question. Uh, but let's go over these numbers. Let's look at the numbers. Uh, first off, we got everyone's friend Tom Steyer. Uh, pro, I've got him at six. Yeah, I, I gave him eight. Okay. Cons, yeah. um, I gave him three. Yeah, I gave him four. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, President Bernard Sanders. Uh, I gave him. I probably should have given him more, yeah. but I gave him one, two, three, four, five, uh, ten. I gave him fourteen. Yeah, me too. But he should have had more. But I think. Toward the end, they didn't have him talk as much again. Yeah, yeah, that's what they generally like yeah. to do. Um, and Khan, I, I gave him one for throwing Nina Turner under a bus. Yeah, I didn't give him any, but I was close on that one. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Nina Turner, champion hero forever. Um, love her, can't wait for her to be vice president. Uh, uh, Joe, Joe, uh, Joe, um, Dr. Joe Biden. Uh, pros, I gave him nothing. No. No, no come not. on. Uh, a Sleepy Joe. Um, cons, I gave him 5, 10, 15, 16, 17, 18. I gave him 20. Yeah, alright, I buy that. Uh, Snake Warren, yeah. I gave her 1. Yeah. Begrudgingly. Um, and I somehow only only uh, gave her cons of one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I took away six. Yeah, I mean, she was just so middle of the road, though. That's, I mean, that's uh, yeah, the that's thing. her thing. Yeah, she's... Man, yeah. No. 
um, uh, Mayo Cheat Buttigieg, uh, Squeaky Squeak the Rat. Um, I gave him one pro. Yeah, me too. I don't. What was that for? I forget what it was. I think Something. he had one good answer that yeah. made sense, and it was just yeah. succinct and whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, cons. <sighs> I got. I think this is probably also shockingly low. I got ten. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Amy Clown Car. Um, <laughs> pros. I got nothing. Obviously. <laughs> Come on. Uh, cons. I got seven. I got ten on her. Okay. I buy that. I buy that. Um, uh, Mr. Math, Andrew Yang. I uh, gave him two pro. Gave him three. All right. Um, cons, I took away seven. Yeah, me too. Um, moderators, I took away one. I gave them <laughs> one, but I didn't take away any. Okay. But for the ABC tech team, I took away nine. <laughs> Just like, because of all the shitty different... Angles yeah. and cutaways and double peats and all that shit. It was very scary. Double peats. I didn't like that. Yeah, that's all. Oh, also, uh, sorry, for uh, um, pandering to the military, uh, Joe Biden got one. I gave him two. Okay. Uh, Mayo Cheat got three. Yep. And the moderators got one. Yeah, yeah, got that one all too. So, that's, uh, those are the numbers. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dying. Oh, jeez. Uh, but <clears throat> another successful debate. Uh, I did. I didn't. Uh, I didn't storm out of the room at any point. No, you didn't storm out of the room. You didn't even get up. No, it was pretty. Uh, pretty easy breezy debate, actually. I think. I don't even think you threw your pen. No, I don't did think I, I did not throw a pen. I think I only yelled at the screen like twice. Yeah. Like. And you didn't say, like, fuck this shit, or... Yeah, no, this is... I right? think this was, like, the easy... Because I think the thing is, they were all trying to go after Buttigieg. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, and Buttigieg was trying to take snipes at Bernie's, but they were so lame and ineffective, because he can't speak like a worst. human. Yeah. So I can't even take it seriously. I think, you know, I think this was just a coronation for Bernie, so uh, I'm down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, keep him, keep him going like this. Oh, yeah. So, oh, God, Chris Christie. He's the worst. Yeah. Nope. 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 Why are they letting him talk? Well, I gotta hear what he's saying. Challenged him more than any candidate on that stage challenged him tonight, and you saw the look on his face. He looked like a deer in the headlights. And let me tell you, he thinks Lindsey Davis is hard. If he ever gets on the same stage with Donald Trump, it's going to be a whole different story. Who will call him on those things? And I think these other candidates better get serious about calling Mayor Pete on the record in South Bend. And so I think it was yeah. a missed opportunity for the other candidates. Elizabeth Warren oh, gave him a little bit of a true. shot on that, but not nearly enough time spent on it. But what I saw more than anything else is someone has been a candidate on that stage that look in his eyes when she came back at him it didn't take his first line of, of baloney um, was very telling about what kind of candidate he may be able to be chief political analyst Matt mm. Down you know Mayor okay. Pete yeah, you know, I agree with Chris Christie for the first time ever he had a big target tonight on his back yeah to me when you look at debates in the midst of a process you have to look at what the trajectory of the race was coming into the night and what changed the trajectory at the debate and so what I think happened tonight great job trajectory of the race from Iowa was that this was be beginning to become a two-person race between Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. Not a lot that for, for what happened tonight changed that trajectory. It still looks like that's emerging. There was, there was. Oh my God! Like the motherfucker just talks forever yeah. and doesn't say anything. It's a real Pete Buttigieg over yeah, there. Yeah, really. Um, 
All right, guys. Well, that was our debate episode. Uh, so uh, yeah, keep your elbows off the vestibule <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, goodbye. <laughs>